On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will start things off with some video game and comic book talk before launching into a detailed breakdown of The Mandalorian, S2E3, a.k.a. The Heiress. In addition to the episode breakdown, the two bozos will take you all to Star Wars school to get learned on Bo-Katan, Death Watch, and the Darksaber by providing a roadmap of animated Star Wars content to watch. They'll also drop their predictions for Mando S2E4 based on its synopsis, and no, we ain't getting snips quite yet. Matt will mention a few of the new Star Wars collectible reveals this week before Nick kicks off this week's fan segment, which will once again feature fan feedback on the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Finally, the show will conclude with this week's top 5 Star Wars fan artist features and the fan shot breakdown special segment. Cue the music. I got a hard 530 out. Yeah. I need a brontosaurus neck to, to you know, skate down and, and get ready to go home because the work bell has rung that is right my friends it is matt and nick of the star wars time show we are back we are live we are just as dumb as ever all right ah man nick and i we had a little powwow before we went live here and yeah i'm just dealing with some real life stuff nothing too bad it's 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 work so you know i am happy to still be working but sometimes, as I explained to Nick, I, I question my decisions in life. We all know this when it comes to my collecting hobby, my toy photography hobby. Uh, tons of questions there. But, but sometimes even in my professional life, I, I make very odd choices that result in a lot of extra work for me without a lot of ROI. Uh, I, I explained it to Nick. It's, it's kind of the same conundrum i have with making content for star wars time show in particular our youtube i have this drive to make it like people give a fuck yet year in and year out there's no return no one gives a fuck i know no one gives a fuck but i keep doing it so the same thing's kind of happening now in real life where i took on a new course to teach yes i am a professor uh, not only of star wars but of the computers of the IT, the its, the tits, the IOTs, you name it. And for some reason, instead of just kind of going with the flow, using my system, I'm like, yo, fuck it. During lockdown, where I got to teach my preschooler two, let's take on a whole new fucking big course that's going to add like 50 hours of work a week to my life. Yay for me. Fuck my face. <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. But Nick, before we get to the topics, and, and as you heard by, from the announcer there, and the announcer, let's give him credit, people. He is trying to change his voice a little bit, but <laughs> it's harder than it sounds when that yeah, announcer man. tries to go deep like Will Arnett and only lasts for about a minute or not even a minute, about 10 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, fuck this shit. Oh, sorry. I, I mean, the announcer's like, fuck the announcer, this shit. I mean, you know. You, you know it, what I it's mean? It's a tough job. Voice acting, <laughs> changing your voice. It's a, it's a hard thing. And it, it, even though we pay the announcer very well, 
<laughs> he still struggles from time to time. <laughs> I just like you know, Will Arnett has one of the best trailer voices, commercial voices out there. And I just yeah. want to start like on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. But after that, I'm ready to fucking pass out. Like, You're like, okay. Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to pass out. My 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 voice box feels like I'm I'm grating it with a cheese grater. And so I usually loop back into the fake announcer voice, but hey, it is what it is. Um, before we get into the topic, so Nick, I do want to talk a little bit about real life because we kind of canceled that last week. Uh, the anniversary is great. Mr. O'Dizzle, thank you in the live stream. Uh, after the cast, you, you know, I was sitting here having a few pops. Uh, we actually went outside. I didn't know my, my dad came down because he's he's quarantined. He's kind of a, a mountain man anyways. He came down early this week. And uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to set up the screen outside and get him caught up on the new Mando. So that's always fun. I mean, even though my dad and I don't really have a, uh, I would say it's a traditional male-son relationship. If you grew up with a father that was born in the 50s and was raised by the greatest generation, uh, which means you really didn't have a father-son relationship outside of maybe talking about sports here or there. Or, you know, talking about a football game. And there's never really real life talks. But even with that being said, it still means a lot to me to to show my dad Mando and kind of explain some of the shit that's going on. Because uh, he's the one that got my dumbass into all this shit way back in 1980. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the anniversary is nice. It's just, hey, I'm always going to have a good time if I can have a few pops light up a fire on the deck, break out the big screen, watch Star Wars, and just drink some beers outside with the family. So thanks for asking. Uh, but what I want to talk about last week real quick, and I know Nick can kind of chime in, then we'll move on. I won't take up too much time. But last week was probably one of my greatest and worst tech weeks of all time. <laughs> yes, I yeah. In terms of the great, I was fortunate enough to a have the money and get the pre-orders in for both of the new consoles. Yes, I have the Series X, still one of the dumbest fucking names out there. Yep. Just just add numbers, Microsoft. It's not that hard. Quit being cute. And I got the PS5. Uh, PS5 showed up on launch day, so kudos to Walmart. I, I, I didn't think that was a possibility, especially because the night before they sent me the dreaded email of, oh, by the way... Uh, we sold more than we had, so you may not get yours on time, and you may not get it at all. But lo and Shipping behold, delays possible. Yeah, exactly. Like like Nikki Boy stuff with Amazon. But <laughs> lo and behold, I wake up Thursday morning, and the shit was already sitting on my porch. So hey, man, can't amen, Walmart. Uh, the Series X was delayed from Best Buy. That that was a fuck up. But so there you go, a thousand dollars in new consoles, and yes, they're fantastic. And no, there is not a single next gen game available yet. Uh, I, I would I would challenge that unless you have a high end 8K OLED QLED display, don't even come at me like, oh my god, the graphics are so much better. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you might get having... the frame rate increase, but you're you're not going to get like a the, the resolution isn't jumping off the screen and sticking its dick in your eyes. What I'm saying, right? Yeah. After having played three games on PS4, so I, I mean PS5, I've played uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which up uh, ups its frame rate from 30 FPS to 60 FPS. 
which is actually a very big difference. It's very noticeable. Yeah, because that game clipped on the PS4. Like, it, its frame rate was dodgy on the PS4. Yeah. I, I fucking love that game. One of the best of so, 2020, but it, 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 it had a lot of the, the, the jitters, if you will. Yeah, and I will say that it's the best game I've played on my PS5 so far. So I played that. <laughs> I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Right. I got the PS4 disc edition, which has the free upgrade to the PS5 edition. I played that, and I was like, dude... This game doesn't even look like it's a PS5 game. It just looks like it's a PS4 game. It looks worse than Ghost, and Ghost is not even made for PS5. That's interesting. I I wouldn't... I mean, Nick, this is just my personal take on things. If a game comes out for an old generation, it's not made for the new generation. It was made for the old, ported to the new. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm playing AC on the Series X. That's the game I got for Series X, because... Unlike uh, Sony, Microsoft didn't give you fucking fifteen games for buying their new console. I will I know, give that was pretty. Fucking I will sick, give man. Sony. You know, I'll, I'll tickle their tits for that. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, it's all like PS4 games and Bug Snacks is PS5, and it's kind of. I, I tried Bug Snacks as like someone fucking poke my eyes out. I, I couldn't even get through the. The, the the opening video Astro's Playroom on PS5 yeah you get though. Astro's Playroom but but that 15 PS Plus or PS collection is imp- I mean dude you get yeah. God of War you get The Last of Us Remastered you uh, get, Monster uh, Hunter Final yeah. Fantasy 15, yeah Final Fantasy the, like Pimp the, the edition huge Royal Edition like they give you legit uh, yeah games so for I was free. impressed but uh, let, just kind of getting back to the breakdown of the new consoles visually outside of frame rates it's the same shit let's be real it's the same fucking shit like i said unless you have an ak tv uh and if you do then you're probably so rich you don't even play games or even watch your nice tv you just buy them because you can buy them right Mm -hmm. uh yes four inches is fine as joe is saying in the live stream that is my motto my wife has a (laughs) t-shirt that says that actually But here's the deal. Here is what I've noticed in, in for someone like me that has zero patience and, you know, will start biting his arm if something takes too long to boot up. These new consoles are fast as fuck. Yeah. The Series X is even light years beyond the PS5 in terms of speed. Uh, this thing, it, it, I can, and I put both my consoles to sleep. I don't turn them off fully. Uh, I kind of have their power essentially where they're alive, listening for new updates and whatnot. So yes, I'm a scumbag. I don't have a green footprint for my consoles. I'm contributing to the downfall of the climate, but whatever <laughs> it makes, it makes me happy because I can get right to gaming, Nick, but I, I, I've done this on both from a resting start. Xbox is at its menu in about two seconds. Two seconds. PS5, I've been like, hey guys, what? Uh, way? I mean, you leave that cunt sleeping to where it's orange lights on, right? I wake it with the controller. It's still like 10 seconds <laughs> to get to the fucking UI. And that sounds ridiculous and I sound like a jerk off for even bitching about it, but... I paid $500 for this fucking thing to boot up lickety split. (laughs) I want to get right back to playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I'm finding to be quite excellent. I mean, it's the same as the other Spider-Man game, same controls, but super fun. So if you like those games, you'll love Miles. But I don't know, dude. I feel like the Series X, its boot up speed is ridiculous. I'm talking from sleeping to getting to a game. 
Uh, and the PS5 isn't that much far behind, but it is it is quite noticeable. Mm-hmm. I also find the Series X to be way quieter than the PS5. Uh, I think the PS5 disk drive version is probably louder than just the standard uh, PS5 without a disk. But the Series yeah. X has a disk too, and that thing makes fucking zero noise. The yeah, PS5, that, when you like, boot it up, uh, you can hear it going like, like firing up, so... I heard that the fans on the Xbox can be loud sometimes, but I don't know. I haven't I mean, heard I'm not it yet. Get one. I mean, maybe Valhalla just isn't taxing the system. Probably. But not. I can't hear the Series X while playing a game unless I'm right up on it. And for all yeah. of you that, you know, oh, they catch on fire. You understand those were all <laughs> fake, okay? Those were people blowing vape smoke into the bottom and having yeah. it come out of the top. Like a bunch of morons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people, dude, in this day and age, clickbait is king. Yeah. Right? No, it's, anyone it's anyone can grow their social account by just lying and putting out dumb shit. So, yeah. Uh, they they got a lot of attention right. for those fucking fakes last week. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, why are people, I don't know, people are just dumb. But uh, I would say, yeah, I agree with Matt that, like, basically, wait. There's no really, you know, next gen games that are available. No. no. The the only game that I have that is console exclusive to new generations is Godfall. And I will say that the graphics look great. Like it's the best graphics of the three games that I've played out of Ghost, Godfall, and Valhalla. But the game like the game itself is gonna be forgettable. Like the combat's yeah, fun, yeah, but I it's mean- very repetitive. There's there's next to no story. And it, you're basically playing through like just very large dungeons. So right. you like finish one mission, then you go back to your home base and then you pick up your next mission. You go do that when you go back to your home base. Like it's it's one of those games that was clearly to me, it seemed like it was a tech demo that Gearbox was working on to like test out like what can we do with the system? And then they just turned it into mm-hmm. a game and they put some sort of thin story behind it. And they're like, here you go. This is now a $70 video game. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta like that new $69.99 price point, by the way. Dude, it's, it's rough. Like, I that's going to so, suck. Nick's right. I'm right. I mean, if you can get one, my advice would be to fucking flip it and make some cash. Be that dickhead taking advantage of parents at Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Because unless your consoles are blowed up, Anything you can play on these new ones outside of gimmicky shit like Asher's Playroom and Bug Snacks, you can play on the 4 or the the X1X or whatever the fuck the family of Xboxes we have now. Yeah. All right, so that was the that was the opening and and then I closed Friday with my iPhone 12 Pro Max shows up. So I had a quite expensive new tech week, but Friday's where things started to go south. <laughs> I'm talking to the point where f- Saturday night, no shit, I was down in my basement with the lights off, listening to music that I know gets me emotional in the fetal position. So, <laughs> so here we go. I'll try to make this quick. So it all starts with the fucking iPhone. And, and at this point, Apple is Microsoft. They're, they're no different. They're, they're absolutely no different. Apple shit never works like it's supposed to anymore. It just works. That catchphrase, it's gone. It's dead. It died along with Steve fucking Jobs, okay? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what Timmy Boy's doing over there, but the operating system's fucked up anymore. You can't even pay me to try and download Big Sur right now. That thing can go fuck itself because I know as soon as I install it, our entire cast system setup will probably break. So fuck you on that, Big Sur. 
But here's the kicker, and you tell me if I'm the asshole people. <laughs> I remember when you got an iPhone, cloning it was as simple as like beep, bop, boop, go. 50 minutes later, I have a brand new iPhone that looks just like my old phone. Yeah, it's kind of boring, but it takes out all the bullshit of setting up your mail accounts, passwords, this, that, and the other thing. It's just easy. Mm-hmm. These days, I don't know if it's the fuckery going on with Mac OS or what. But but hear, out, hear me out, Nick. Hear my logic. You're, you're somewhat of a tech guy. If you had a phone that had maybe 180 gigs of content on it, would you not think that the fastest way to restore said content would be to back it up to a Mac and then directly connect your new phone with a fucking cable... <laughs> which is always going to be more Best. efficient than a wireless signal Yep. to said computer to restore the backup. W- was I wrong thinking that? I mean, I feel like that would be the easiest way. Outside and the of- quickest, right? I mean, yeah. we're talking a hardwired connection versus Wi-Fi. You can apply it to USB, USB, A, B, C. It doesn't matter. C is obviously the quickest. You can apply it to a LAN cable versus a Wi-Fi connection. If I have wired ports available guess what my fucking consoles are going into it and my streaming boxes are going into it because i know that should be the fastest way to transmit data up and downstream well i guess that's not the case anymore with the apple architecture (laughs) because the restore took almost an hour and a half and we're talking 180 fucking gigs of data in 2020, you can move 180 gigs in 2020 in like two fucking seconds. So that happens. When it's done restoring, the phone didn't even fucking restore. <laughs> None of my apps were there. None of my apps. So I'm sitting there going like, well, what the fuck do I do now? I'm not going to restart or restore. I'm going to be here until next week. So I'm like, I do what any other IT pro does. I turn the fucking thing off. The old reboot fix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? On reboot, all my apps are back. So now I'm like, what the fuck? I have a $1,200 (laughs) iPhone 12 Pro Max glitchy piece of shit. Like, how does it have no apps? I turn it off. Now all the apps show up. Okay. Still not done. Like, it's still fucked up. Like, it's still nothing set up right. It's not connecting to Verizon. Nick, I, it (laughs) took almost three and a half hours to clone my iPhone 11 Pro to an iPhone 12 Pro Max. That is insane. So that, that, that Taylor, soured the mood for Friday, right? Taylor got a 12. She didn't get the Pro Max. She just got a regular 12. And I remember she had some issues with her data transfer as well. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, man, like, Apple is Microsoft. It, it's broke. Like, there, it always works. Uh, one next, one more thing. It's all fucking sham now. But it, it's not over. Like, that's not why I ended up in the fetal position Saturday. So Friday comes around, right? It's a, it's a decent day. We're going to go outside. We're going to light a fire. We're going to watch some, some TV. Watching a show. My fucking Roku dies. Like, just fucking <laughs> dies. Like, fucking screens all over the, 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 uh, the display. It's dead. It, it, it is completely dead. I tried troubleshooting. I tried doing a hard reset. Same thing. It just keeps coming to this dead screen. So what do I do? I smash the motherfucking thing right in front of my kid. She's like, oh my God, he's crazy. But that's how I deal with tech that fucks me over so that gets us through friday night then saturday comes along all right i'm just like okay my phone finally works i'm gonna gonna enjoy these new consoles 
yada da da do la da dee and i'm like you know what i'm gonna turn on some of my lights because i have a google home i got i got you know yeah. philips hue lights a lot a lot of iot shit and this is my fucking fault for trying to use technology to make life better in my house because I realized, oh, I hit the Google Home app. Guess what? Nothing's fucking set up after the move. All my all my Chromecast speakers are missing. My home groups of speakers are missing. All my lights are missing. So now Saturday, I have to add all that shit back. And you're probably going like, oh, that's that's what did it to him. We know he's off his rocker. He can't handle that type of shit. That's what did it to him. No, that's still not it. After I got through that shit, again, we're trying to relax for the night. Out on the porch. Set it up the screen. Windstorm comes through. Knocks the screen over onto the fire. That starts it. It's like, oh, oh great. Oh, great. Then I get the TV set up. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to watch it on the fucking TV. Go to turn on the Roku. Can't connect to the internet. Why not? I have an access point literally right at my porch. What's going on? I look in. Oh, no. Flashing lights on the Orbi. Flashing fucking lights on the Orbi. Another tech issue for Matt to deal with. Ah! You can tell it's like, ah! I'm already getting crazy just thinking about it. I spent the next three hours on a Saturday night trying to fix my Orbi satellite before I just realized, again, just like the Roku, back-to-back nights, I had a piece of tech just fucking fail. Just fail. <laughs> but it's hard for people like me and probably like Nick and those of you out there that know you can trouble troubleshoot tech. You don't want to lose to machines. So you'll sit there and you'll ram your fucking head in the wall until you figure something out. It took me three hours to just realize it's fucking broke, dude. It is broke. If it's not even taking a hard reset, it is baroque. Give it up. So at that point, I mean, dude, I'm talking like I'm pun- like I have bruises on my head. Like when I get when I freak out, this isn't this is no bullshit. This isn't for the show. You can ask Heather if you know her. <laughs> I was so worked up because this is this is what drives the <laughs> anger and the hate. This is what drives the anger and hate. The whole time while this is happening, I'm sitting here going, this is my fucking day off. This is Saturday. I should be playing my fucking new consoles, not troubleshooting tech. And then my head just spins out because it's like, so I'm like sitting here punching myself. I was biting my arm, the old arm bite. That, that's from my video game days, the finger bites. That's how I ended up Saturday night just sitting here listening to depressing music I listened to when my cat of 18 years died because I'm someone I'm not human I I turn off all human emotions and I need extra stimulus to actually make me feel like a human and music is the one thing 100% that can give me a feeling of a normal person so I knew I was like I need to feel some emotion Saturday night so I threw on a bunch of songs about my cat dying to get me worked up. And that's why I'm just sitting down here as my family's looking at me like, you know, Charlie's just going, I didn't fucking sign up for this. You guys brought me into this shit. <laughs> Heather's going like, what the fuck did I do? Why <laughs> did I end up with that guy? Right? <laughs> and Sunday comes around and what do we got to do, Nick? We got to fix the fucking Wi-Fi system. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's the first part of Sunday. You got to go drop 450 on a new Orbi setup, the most current uh-huh. with Wi-Fi 6, because I'm not spending 250 just to replace a satellite when I can get current gen shit for 450. It's also how my brain works. That's why I buy too many fucking toys. It's justifications like that. <laughs> Sorry, I know this is uninteresting to Star Wars fans, but I, I just I, I had to. It was rough. It was a rough. It started out great getting all the consoles. 
Thought it was going to be great getting that phone. And then basically from the phone fuck up through Sunday afternoon until I got to see the Steelers just ramrod the fucking bangles. Life was not good for your boy. Yeah. For your boy Haywood Pop, okay? All right, let's get to the Star Wars stuff. I just wasted way too much time about stuff that no one gives a fuck about. So, uh, yeah, I'm still... The moral of the story, the summary of all that, I'm still highly chemically unbalanced in my head. Like, there is something (laughs) chemically wrong here. It's not emotions. It's not the way I think. It's broke. Broken. Like, I need a fucking sign that says out of order, right? (laughs) Okay, Nick, let's get into it. We got a few things to dive into before we get into the Mandalorian S2E3, which will be the bulk of this episode after I just got done with my boring rant about how shitty my life is when I get a bunch of technology that people are dreaming that or wishing that they could have got. So yes, I know I sound like a complete asswipe, but that is me. Yeah. Uh, do I think the 12 Pro Max is worth the purchase? This is coming from the live stream. I'm not going to say I'm an Apple... Kool-Aid drinker, but I am an Apple person because if you just heard my story about me having to deal with tech, just a brief history, I was in pro IT for about seven years. I'm not in it any longer because of how much I hate information technology and troubleshooting it. I'm pretty good at it. I don't like doing it. I hate doing it, getting paid handsomely for it. And I really hate doing it at home when I don't get paid at all. Yeah. So that's why I use mostly Apple products because, I mean, outside the little nuances, I'm not getting viruses. I'm not getting hacked. They just fucking work for the most part. And yeah, I mean, you turn shit off. It usually will fix itself. Um, In terms of the 12 Pro Max, it's worth it to assholes like myself that always feel like you have to get the biggest and best. Well, also, you you do the the Verizon upgrade, so you're not paying twelve hundred dollars. No, I, I subsidize. You're, you're... I basically just my bill. I'm always paying for a phone on top of my monthly service. Yeah, so so Matt didn't go out and drop thirteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars with tax on this new phone. Like it's a part of his phone plan. But I I think the only upgrade the Pro Pro Max gives you is the the cameras, and it's like. So what? I mean, most of us, at least listen to the show, we have a DSLR anyways. Yeah. So who gives a fuck? I'm just an asshole. Like, I always got to have biggest and baddest. I've gotten over. I got to have the most storage because that's just stupid at this point. Um, So there, there's your take. I basically gave you a (laughs) (laughs) non-answer. If you can get it for on your phone plan, then go for it. If you have to pay for it outright, not worth it. That's that seems like what Matt was saying about the phone. Yeah, I've I've never, I've never, my weekend was good. I've never ever just bought an iPhone straight up. Like I've either traded shit in for it, like an old one, or just did the annual upgrade every year. All right, let's get out of this shit. I'm sure we'll get some other real life stuff in there, like fire Gina Carano, that stupid asshole. (laughs) Stuff like that. But let's talk a little Star Wars before I I get off track again. But boy, is she a fucking idiot, right? She's real dumb. I mean, Uh, she does not seem to to get the idea that when you have a a job opportunity like she has, it's probably best just to like either stay off of social media or just don't use it the way that she's using it. But you know what? Everybody's got freedom of speech and the consequences that come along with it. So let her, let her run. Well, I guess the thing that bothers me, Nick, is that a lot of people that are in her camp don't understand that concept. Cause 
when you sent me that image in in our Slack, he basically I think it was what Sunday night or Saturday night. She was trending probably because she tweeted something fucking moronic again or, or or Trumpian, and it started dueling hashtags. It was fire Gina and save Gina. And if you read the save save Gina crowd, they're the ones that clearly don't understand free speech. Yeah, they're just like freedom of speech. She uh, could say whatever yeah, she wants. She could say whatever like, she. Yeah, she can. But Disney can also do whatever she wants. And if Disney gets enough pressure from other idiots out on social media bitching about the stuff, there's a good chance they will do something about it. And then you know that that side's always like, well, uh, uh, Twitter said that blah, censor blah blah going the parlor. It's like if anyone says they're going the parlor. That's a buzzword for they're fucking dumb. They're they're moronic. They're probably racist, uh, and they're they have no brains. Like they have no real. Basically, says I can't take people criticizing me or my thoughts, so I'm gonna run (laughs) to an echo chamber. But free speech, free speech. Their free speech is basically we should be able to say whatever we fuck we want and then never be challenged on it. Yeah, and everybody agrees with me. Even it's like, oh, the Holocaust wasn't real. I mean, that's the type of shit these people want to engage in. And for those of you, and we'll end this here. For those of you who are like, hey, you you know, you got to hear them out. You got to hear that side out. Maybe on fucking policy and shit, but at this point in time, what is that side representing, and in, in especially like Gina, she's not bitching about policy. She's not saying, hey, I don't like Joe Biden's coronavirus plan compared to fucking Fuhrer Trump. She's basically saying, I don't like these types of people. I think these type of people suck. I think coronavirus is fucking fake. It's shit that's dangerous at this point in time. So fuck her and fuck everyone else that it feels the need to go to parlor. Go there and scream into your vacuum <laughs> slash black hole of fucking hate. All right? Have fun because no one is listening. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Not, not a lot of productive conversation happening there. Uh, so that's all the Gina no, I like, stuff I like that Devin, Devin's in the chat. He, he's got a name for Karen <laughs> uh, the Virus, a.k.a. Karen Dune. That's exactly what she's become. <laughs> she's become a Karen. We all know what they are, and we all probably don't like them. It's just unfortunate now that we have to look at her fucking face on all this Mando shit, and we're probably going to have to watch her in this episode coming up this week, but it is probably what it is. So. Hello there, hello there. We got the old architect in here. Let's get there to it. Go. All right, Nick, so let, let's get off all the bullshit. On to some Star Wars news, starting off with a new Star Wars mobile game in development from Zynga. Yep. Uh, is it, That's probably another Chinese company, right? Because they own Zynga's- everything at this point in time. Zynga's U.S. based. I don't okay. know if they started out as a as a Chinese company and then moved over, but Zynga's home office is in Austin, um, so that's where I live. I know one person that works there. Uh, I mean, like I know them, but I don't really converse with them often. Right. Um, but they're making a brand new mobile game. There's no information about what the content of it's going to be, but. Based yeah, off it's of not. I mean, Nick, Nick just grabbed the Galaxy of Heroes screen here, so that's just like filler content. Yeah, that's the Galaxy of. I was just like, whatever, Star Wars mobile game. <laughs> here, yeah. here we go. Because there was nothing attached to it that was like, you know, here's here's a screenshot. Here's something that's in the works. Blah blah blah. There was literally, it was just nothing. Um, so their their SVP of games, Jeff Hickman, had this to say about the game. 
that is now in development. He says, we believe that Austin, the Austin talent market is highly compatible with our mission of bringing AAA console visuals and deep, compelling gameplay to mobile platforms. So it seems like it's not going to be something like Galaxy of Heroes where... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like this isn't going to be the old just brainless click click grind type of shit right yeah so if it is more of an in-depth gaming experience that kind of worries me because i was never the one to get into like long style gameplay you know games on mobile devices because i don't like fucking around my phone for that long and like having to yeah i mean if we're talking switch mobile fine but like yeah. a, a, you know a true mobile device smartphone tablets i'm kind of with you i yeah. mean that that's what i've been trying to play kotor kotor on and i can even zip it to my tv it's just it's still it's like eh, it doesn't doesn't quite feel the same and yeah. i'm with you i there was a mobile Star Wars game. I'm not going to say it was AAA, but it was more like a game where you actually like tapped around, your character would follow you, and you could upgrade their armor, their weapon. It was actually pretty cool. I wish I remember what it was called, but it's been dead for a few years now. There was also that one game. It was a... What was that? It was almost a MOBA game, right? Force was, Arena. Yeah, that, that one was pretty fucking badass, Both too. Both of us played that for a, for I, a I love that. I, I thought that game was fantastic because it was real-time competition i mean you only yeah. played against other people at the same time so go they're like oh yeah we have a multiplayer but it, it's passive i mean you, you set a a squad and people can challenge it or not challenge it while you're not playing this game literally you match made you would play live you'd have units you'd have specials it was fucking a blast so I, i'm hoping it's something more like one of those two games where it is more suited to the mobile experience quick little jaunts not hour-long missions you know you can fire it up make some moves put it down take yeah. a shit squeeze one out you know that type of stuff yeah i mean and for those of you who are wondering like what games has zynga made i mean they they do work with big properties so like they've made game of thrones games they did words with friends they do uh they have a harry potter game out there as well like they, they've made a ton of stuff um i would say most of it is you've probably seen it in your um in your you know your store feed and you're like ah you know maybe i'll try it out like some of their games are more in-depth than others they make a lot of slot machine games like those dumbass like slot machine games they make a lot of like the brick matching games like not really like Tetris, but like Bejeweled, where you're moving. Yeah, stuff they around. make a lot of games for that old people play on Facebook and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the so, fucking dummy games. Uh, we'll Although see Sugo's what they do. pretty pretty dumb. It's actually not like Sugo. If you get into a guild like mine, it is fairly strategic. Like the shit yeah. that some of these, I call them bosses. I mean, they're like they're like capos essentially. Some of the <laughs> shit that they study and know, like. We do the Ki-Adimundi mission, Nick, which is going on yeah. right now in light side territory battle. You you literally have to use the Discord bot to look at your <laughs> your cam squad. It reports out how close you are to the recommended mods. So like you got to do that first. Then you actually have to fire up a Zoom session <laughs> and invite one of the overlords in to watch your match and tell you what to do. And I, it's great because I'm like, fuck it. I, I don't have to think, uh, but you, you, you begin to realize like people that actually study that game, there is actual, uh, strategy 
yeah, uh, to oh, how yeah. you mod and what moves you do and what what buffs or debuffs or passives you use. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, still based love off it, man. of what, I still love that game. Based off of what Zynga's made in the past and what they're known for. This is probably going to be a shitty game, is what you're going to say, right? Yeah, I mean, what they've said about this game, <laughs> like AAA console visual, decompelling gameplay, that's not really what they're known for. Right. They're known for gimmicky shit. So, I mean, I, I, I really do hope, and look, they, they make a ton of money, So, and I know that they're hiring a lot of people. Like, they're hiring basically a brand new team to build this game. Yeah. Because um, I've seen the job postings in, like, you know, job boards in Austin and like basically once they announced it they dropped all these jobs so it's kind of weird to me that they they get this license and then they have to hire a, an entire team to to build it like you would have figured that that you would have at least had somebody there I mean they're hiring senior level people to build this game so it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out we're probably not going to see it for I mean like for two years at least um yeah, not. They, they i mean it, really it, fast it, it's been a while i mean swago has has dom I, that's the only game i play on mobile these days i mean it, yeah. it's outlasted them all uh i gave up on strike force which was a uh, swago clone with marvel also yeah, well same. done i just i don't know if you get into these types of games and you want to play them in a somewhat serious guild uh, you kind of got to pick and choose. So I'm always going to represent with the Swago. There's no fucking <laughs> doubt. I'm on my yeah. way to get my Jedi Knight Luke. Hopefully they'll drop that for the game's anniversary coming up. Uh, my gas squad is just unbelievable. I love gas, not only in real life, but in the game. General Anakin, you pair him up with the 501 dude. What yeah. a fucking boss. Like the only teams that beat him are Galactic Legends. Yeah. Right, I don't want to stay on this too long because I don't think we have, we have a lot of Swago players that listen to the show. But if you do, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm I'm always about a year behind the act of meta. Nick's about two years behind the act of meta. Uh, but when I do get there, it's like, wow, now I know why everyone's like, man, he's the best. You got to get him. <laughs> so, uh, I do love gas. And I have a feeling Kiati Mundi is going to be a must for some pimp ass Jedi squad. So I, I, I I'm, I'm so. also glad that I got gas macked out. All right. So, well, you know, we'll, these two idiots over here at the star Wars time show, we'll, we'll keep you on top Updated. of this Zynga game. Once we yeah. see shit that pops out. Uh, okay. Hey, guess what? It's, it's comic time with Matt. Uh, I know last week I said, we probably weren't getting the, the next Vader for a while, but I'm stupid. Uh, we actually got it last week, so I, I put the video out there. I think all three of you watched it, so thank you for your support. Gotta love our fan base. They're always on top of this shit. Always <laughs> giving us likes and comments and making sure our uh, content uh, goes beyond the algorithm in both Instagram and YouTube. So thank you. Thank you for being our fans and doing jack, sh jack shit. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, Mr. O'Dizzle, get get with it. Swago is Galaxy of Heroes. Uh, if you play Swago, you understand you can't use any of the names, right? Yeah. There's Gas, GK, Hobo. JKR. <laughs> JKL, JKR, <laughs> DR. <laughs> yeah, the, you don't actually use character names. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Uh-oh, we're getting some in inside information in the in the chat here. Uh, Big Amish. He's a union guy. All right, go union electrician. He's in Washington State, and it looks like he's working on a building that is creating the Avengers 2021 game. 
Oh, nice. Uh, nice. He's already seen developer kits show up in there. So hey, you never know, man. When you're a blue collar worker, you sometimes do get to contribute at the ground level on some pretty awesome shit. Yeah. I mean, when I was talking earlier, but when I was in IT, actually, I worked in manufacturing. So I was hand in hand with, and I was the, the, basically the IT manager. So I, I worked with, uh, <laughs> union electricians in Michigan. So the birthplace of the union. So we, we were pretty tight up there, but you do, you get to do a lot of cool shit when, when you're working at that level, building stuff. I always amazed, like just watching electricians get something set up like huge fucking panels to run multi-million dollar machines. So yeah, good stuff. We, we do have a, we have some good people that follow us, Nick. They just, they just yeah. don't uh, bring in enough. They don't promote <laughs> the content. They're not. Why are you not playing the Star Wars time show on your job site? Big Amish. That's the, that's the question. That's Thank the you. big question. Thank you. All right, let's get into story time with Matt here. I got a new comic to break down for you, and it is Darth Vader number seven, 2020. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to throw that out there for those of you that are dumb and, and watch videos that have uh, recaps of Star Wars material. I'll never f- figure out those that bitch about that. Like, spoiler. Well, why did you watch it? <laughs> it's like, it, why would you click on an Easter egg video for a fucking episode of The Mandalorian <laughs> if you didn't want to know what happened in the episode of The Mandalorian? All right. But we, we know people are fucking stupid. Here we go. So last week I was kind of lamenting Star Wars number eight, right? It just, yep. it was kind of blah, blah. And they, they, the, the Star Wars comics are always going to be a little more blah than the, than the Vader. Vader's my fucking homeboy. We ride or die. He's a badass. They actually use Vader properly in the comics. And by properly, I mean he fucks shit up. So this comic continues right where we left our buddy Vader. Remember, he's missing both legs and his arms thanks to his buddy Palpatine, who wanted to teach him a lesson about being a pussy. Right? (laughs) If you're going to be Palpatine's number two, you can't be a puss. It's true. So he beat the shit out of him, drops him at Mustafar, same riverbank that Obi left him. And because of Obi and his hard on for Obi, that just thinking about Obi-Wan leaving his ass was enough to get him to start dragging his ass towards some shelter. And, and that's kind of where we pick things up in Vader number seven. Um, and he actually ends up in the same Techno Union bunker that we saw non-robot Vader show up in in Revenge of the Sith, and we, and we do get some flashback moments. So that, that's why I've been liking this Vader comic, because a lot of times Vader will see the results of his aftermath, and then they'll, they'll kind of cut in the actual scenes when he was Anakin doing it. So he's crawling into that bunker where he killed all the Sep leaders, Newt, the Techno Union people, all those motherfuckers. As he's crawling in there, the same mouse droids are there. They're still hanging out. Uh, that was kind of one of my favorite little uh, new new canon parts was that he rebuilt himself in this bunker, Nick, using a lot of these scrapped battle droid parts from his murder spree. Nice. With, <laughs> this is the best part, with the help of mouse droids after he punched a mouse droid out. <laughs> so like a master was coming up to him like oh hey guy i can tell you're part machine i'm here to help you know vader he's like me he's like blah and just fucking smashes it 
And then another, then it comes back dragging a battle droid leg to him. Like, no, guy. No, guy. Like a little pet. Like a cat dragging yeah, like some prey to, to you. help you. He's like, no, I'm here. Look, look, I'm, I'm here. It, so we start off watching Vader in this bunker. You literally see Newt Gunray's rotting corpse. That was nice. Man, that's been there for a while. Yeah, they, they just fucking left him there. Even after he <laughs> built his castle, he's like, fuck that. Just let that Union bunker go to waste. So he's sitting there, you know, strapping on. He, he puts a fucking B2 arm on to replace his busted arm. So you see the Dark Lord of the Sith is still imposing looking, all broken. But he has like a fucking He-Man arm. Like, like, a, like, like a, a, Is the arm cannon functional? Can he like shoot out of it? I, I would assume so. He didn't He didn't need to use it. But yeah. so he's got a B2 arm on and, and I believe B2 <laughs> legs or, or B1 legs. So, I mean, he is as B1 Frank. Legs. He is as Frank and fucking vague as it gets right yeah as he is rebuilding himself guess who shows up oh it's Ochi, gotta be right because remember palpy of Vestum. yeah remember palpy set the sith assa- uh, sith assassin after him ochi all along has been watching vader just struggle to put himself together he essentially says like hey you, you you fucking piece of shit i'm here to fuck you up because of the emperor thinks you're a wuss this that and the other thing but he's like i i wanted a fair fight so i let you kind of rebuild yourself uh, that's all Vader need to hear. He drops out. The fight starts. You know, like, oh, Vader's going to kick his ass. But Ochi puts up a good fight. I mean, he 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 must be a Sith assassin for a reason. Yeah. Uh, another little cannon slash egg moment. I believe the spear Ochi's using in this issue is the tip is the dagger tip from Tross. Oh, the one that he used. Yeah, to I kill mean, it's Ray's shaped parents. the same. It's either that's how he just wanted all his blades, or he repurposed his spear because it looked like that was his main thing. He doesn't use lightsabers or any of that bullshit because he's not full. He's not even a Sith. Um, so you know, I thought that that was kind of cool. But after a while, Vader's like, "All right, fuck you," and just even busted ass Robo Vader. It has the guys choking him out with his B2 arm. Vader himself, Nick, is standing in lava while doing this. Like, just standing <laughs> in lava with his robot legs. And, and Ochi's like, put me down. Vader's like, oh, you want me to? You better rethink that, because I'm going to drop you right in this lava pit. <laughs> um, So they're sitting there, it, just doing the, the typical Sith shit-talking. Right? Yeah. Like, like Ochi shit talking him like I'm here because Palpatine thinks you're a pussy needs to toughen you up again. Invaders trying to get information out of Ochi on Palpatine. I've been telling you all along Vader's main mission from the moment that fucking face mask went on his face was to get one up on old Palp. He, he's a subservient bitch because he has to be. But he's always trying to figure out Palp's next moves and how he can get out in front of them. Yeah. So he's he's talking to Ochi and Ochi lets something slip. And he's like, yeah, he's 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 constructing something. He's building something that's going to be all powerful. And I'm sitting here. I'm going, what could this be? What is it? He's talking about Death Star 2. No, it can't be Death Star 2 because that already would have been building. I still don't really even know. So I'm hoping we, we get some answers on this. But why, why, why I'm kind of talking about this, once they start talking about this and Vader's like, oh, you slipped. You said something you shouldn't have. Something reaches out to Vader through the Force. Remember, Vader's not allowed to use the Force per Palpatine. 
So Ochi's like, oh, you fucking cheated. So he he kind of gets the surprise again, starts pushing the attack. Vader's like, fuck you. I'm not using the force. Something is reaching out to me on Mustafar. It's coming yeah. from this cave. So he starts running towards the cave. Ochi does a ninja flip on over him. He's getting ready to blast the cave shut, but just in time, Vader sneaks in, and Ochi's like, well, I guess my job's done. I just barricaded the Dark Lord of yeah. Sith in a cave. <laughs> Trapped was, him, man. Yeah, he's like, oh, that was easy. I wonder why he did that. And we learn that Vader, again, he's hearing something. It's calling to him. So he's yeah. walking through this cavern system, and he ends up at something that, if it weren't cut from the Rise of Skywalker, it probably would have hit with any fan outside of just nuts like me that know everything. But he runs into the eye of the Webbish Bog. This is the character, the fortune teller, the Mustafarian being, the prophet, whatever you want to call it. That was in the Rise of Skywalker during the Kylo's Mustafar ground attack. We were supposed to see Kylo go in, uh, kind of consort with the eye of the Webbish Bog. Mm -hmm. Because what it sounded like in this comic, this thing has some sort of connection to the force, maybe like galaxy wide. And it may be able to see into the future, predict shit, see into the past, tell them shit. Uh, the comic ends with Vader meeting the eye of the webbish bog, but I'm like, you know, fuck Tross again, just for cutting it and making things shorter. But it's like, that would have been a really nice, nice callback here. Right. Cause yeah. you would have had grandpappy Skywalker, talking to the eye of the webbish bog and then all these decades decades later his fucked up grandson that worships the grandfather also would have visited to get important information about sith doings palpatine's doings because really in tross i believe the eye of the webbish bog was supposed to tell kylo where the uh nav wayfinder thing was at yeah it was, so, I mean, that's what we thought. Like, we have we have no idea. No, it was. Well, and the reason they he cut it, JJ's like, well, what's the point? I, I could have literally just cut it to where Kylo finds it. It's like, who cares? For for yeah. time's sake, we, we just cut it out. Yeah. That's what happens when Disney says you only have two hours and <laughs> 25 joke. minutes. Fucking joke. So <laughs> uh, another great Vader comic. Uh, as I said, the, the new canon, I mean... I, I, I just put Vader rebuilt his limbs with battle droid parts. I, I do think that is interesting, okay? that That's the type of fan I am. I like just as nonsensical little lore ads as that. I mean, that's fucking bullshit. Even Nick's rolling his eyes. He's like, what a loser. <laughs> like, who cares about that shit? But I do. I think it's interesting. Vader used battle droid parts from the droids he murdered you know almost two decades earlier to rebuild himself after palpatine kicked the living shit out of him and then obviously seeing newt's corpse that was that was a nice little ad and then the whole eye of the webbish bog stuff to kind of tie things to tross uh, so these motherfucking darth vader comics keep kicking ass i'd assume at this point the next one's not coming out till december and it is going to keep continuing this current run that we are on where vader is still trying to learn more about palpatine while also trying to rebuild himself and get himself into palpatine's good graces again uh, excellent stuff excellent stuff on the comic front but now for the real winner of the week Yep. All right. And that is my friend, the Mandalorian. In particular, 
the Mandalorian S2, E3, and as I like to say, for those keeping score, or aka, the heiress. And holy fuck. Alright? In terms of our predictions, I I still think we were close, right? I definitely said that he was going to see Bo-Katan on this planet. So so Nick, Nick was dead on. Uh, I, I, I didn't say Bo, but I gave you my general synopsis of how I believe episode three would thrust us into the main crux of the show, which it absolutely did. So just like I said last week, episodes one, two, and three of this season directly mirrored one, two, and three in season one. You kind of get a little Mando by himself story. He realizes the big picture by the end of episode three, and now we're off to the races for the final five episodes. So uh, once again, I would like to congratulate myself (laughs) first, and then Nick, Matt, you did a good job predicting Star Wars. I know it's fake. It's not real life. If you could predict the stock market, you'd probably be making a lot more money than you do. So thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you, Everett. Thank you. Thank you. I I do appreciate that. And Nick, (laughs) you try... You do a good job. You did say Bo-Katan. So you too, you get honorable mention this week. Okay, everyone, clap it up for Nick. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. But seriously, we're fucking good at this, all right? Yeah. I will say that the one thing that threw us off, and it's because it threw everybody off, is like you, like we both kind of talked about Sasha Banks' character potentially being Amanda, but then when we called it off, we're like, well, she's not wearing a helmet. Well, hey, we'll talk about that. And I'm not going to take blame for that because we were following the canon, the lore up until we got the actual down low, right? Exactly. Uh, But it was masterful. I mean, we should have known she was a fucking Mandalorian. She couldn't have been anyone else. She couldn't have been anyone else, especially when she popped up in episode three. She wouldn't have just been a Jedi. We should we should have known that. I think we 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 said that, but uh, probably wasn't going to be Sabine because that's too in your face. I'm actually wondering now about Sabine if if she's just not even going to be involved since they went right to Bo-Katan. If you think about it, these roots have been planted back in the Clone Wars final season. I mean, they, they, Filoni didn't just, for fun, decide to have Bo-Katan seek out Ahsoka Tano for help, okay? Exactly. That wasn't just yep. for fucking shits and giggles, and then they worked it back in the Mandalorian Season 2. This is the master plan playing out now between Filoni's animated characters and Favreau's live-action The Mando. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to take it up the ass for our miss on who, who uh, Sasha was playing. And her real name, by the way, is Mercedes. Mercedes. Something. Varnados, I believe. Varnado, yeah, that's it. Um, yes, Sabine could very well still be with Ahsoka. She that would honestly be. make the most sense. And that would just be like a fucking twofer double titty yank if that happens, right? Like they don't <laughs> even mention her. We, we got the Ahsoka mention, which we'll be talking about in our breakdown. But wow, that would just be almost too much for the season at that point. I'd be like, fucking chill out, Dave. Chill the fuck out. Keep some of that Mando load in your nutsack, my friend. <laughs> There's no reason to expel it all over our faces every week. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we did a, a decent job on episode three. We'll be laying down our predictions for episode four after all this nonsense. But we're going to have a little bit more of a deep dive today, especially for those of you that uh, were idiots and skipped out on the Star Wars animated universe because you thought you were too good for it, uh, whatever dumb excuse you had at the time. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive on the character of Bo, 
the Death Watch faction, the Dark Saber. Nick and I both um, created what you would call Star Wars curriculum, right? Yeah. To, to educate <laughs> those that aren't in the know. Um, but before we get there, let's just do our, our, our standard breakdown of the heiress, which best episode of the season, I would say. Potentially uh, possibly, best episode of the series. Right. I mean, this is it, it this rivaled is where a, you see that John it, okay, this is what I'll say. Favreau created the show. Filoni made the show what it is. Because I don't think if Filoni's involved, I think if it's just John, John, you know, he does some of this stuff. Filoni makes the show what it is. Like Favreau, yes, is a fan and he's participated in the animated series and everything like that. Filoni makes the show the best show on the TV on TV. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I this show doesn't work with the both of them. I I mean, this show doesn't work with one or the other. This is a a, a two man success story. Favreau had the idea, the grand plans, how to film it, pull it all together, do it for not trillions of dollars. Yeah. Dave clearly is the keeper of the lore. Uh, clearly, his animated universe that he started with Georgie Boy is a main source of content for John's idea. So Nick's 100% yep. right. In terms of the episode, how we usually break this down, if you're new here, we, we usually give just our general overall take. I think we kind of already covered that. Uh, I mean, throughout either best of the season, best of the series so far, it was great. I, I mean, it was it was definitely too short, but guess what? You, it, that shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, the episodes actually started getting shorter in season one, two, and then I, I believe the uh, final two episodes got a little bit back towards the 40, 50 minute range, but it is what it is. This is what we're going to get. Uh, sometimes it works because if you tell a story in a short amount of time, when it's snappy like that, sometimes that's what makes it so great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if they extended this story, I mean, yeah, us lure hounds, we would have loved to sit there and have a 10 minute exposition between Bo and her night owls and din about the children of the watch and all that shit. But it's like, who cares? We got, we got the, the, the main information, move, 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 keep the beats going into the action. Here we go. Dark saber. So Katano on episode four, uh, great fucking episode. All right. In terms of the eggs, they need to fucking slow down on this shit, Nick, because I've said this is now a third week in a row where I'm essentially taking the same amount of fucking time to do one video than it took me to do two videos when Good I used thing to you do aren't doing that second one. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm about to just drop the whole best moments part two, but I like it. I like having the reference material for the cast, so I keep it up. Uh, but let, we'll we'll go through some of the eggs because there are some good ones here. Faux show. Um, all right. Up first, stupid one. We get that, uh, alarm signal. Same alarm that we hear on the Falcon as it is approaching Alderaan. I just, I did like how they're all sitting in there sleeping like a bunch of turds. Uh, this guy, we got our Mon Calamari. Yeah, we're not on Mon Cala or Mon Cal. Uh, we're on Trask, but you gotta love this guy in his fucking sweater. I mean, that yeah. sweater is money. It's a, a fantastic fisherman <laughs> sweater. Um, I, I took a lot of shit on the chin for even mentioning that this might have been a remodded at at. Uh, I mean, I think you're pretty fucking dead on if you look. No, at all, the- I, all I want to say to those people is get a fucking life. Uh, I mean, 
those are 100% at at legs. I, I don't yeah. care like if the at at manufacturer also made fucking cranes. Those look like at at legs. So eat a dick. Yeah, okay? I mean those that's, are definitely ATAT legs. That's what I want to say on that one. Moving on, we got a corn here. It's like if you're yeah. gonna see Mon Cal, you're gonna get corns. Corns are the assholes of the fucking. Uh, their planet right because they do share planet the mon cow were the good people the corns are dickheads yeah. which played out perfectly to character in this episode as we f- we found out there she is there's mercedes debut we now know who she is we are introducing introducing whatever <laughs> introducing her I, I, i'm like fucking russian now ruski uh please welcome Casca Reeves to the fucking party, people. Badass. Badass man. Casca right Reeves there. is greater than Cara Dune. All right. If we need to replace a recurring character, here is the candidate right here. Yeah. I love this. I thought Sasha was excellent. I thought it was a perfect casting. She even used like a wrestling double leg kick jetpack maneuver on the boat. Yeah. Um, I think the way she delivered lines was competent. Uh, basically, she didn't look like a fucking wrestler acting. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes a problem. There's only a few wrestlers that have made it to where they don't look like douchebags on the screen. And yeah, that's The it's Rock. It's really like Batista and The Rock and, and Cena. Batista. I think Batista, honestly, is the best out of all three of them. Uh, what Batista does in Blade Runner, while it's just a short little scene, it, that's way more emotion, uh, way tougher of a role than The Rock or Cena have ever had to play. Yeah. Uh, I do think, like, if you've seen The Rock's TV show on HBO, he does a really good job. Yeah, there. Ballers. Ballers. Yeah. I, dude, I, trust me. I mean, I would almost consider blowing The Rock. I mean, I I, mean, <laughs> I was back in the you know the turn of the 90s or 2000s when oh, he yeah, was peaking in WWF. Shit. I mean, I fucking, The Rock, Mankind, Triple H, Degeneration mm. X. I mean, that was the best wrestling ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, and just, I mean, The Rock literally went from a, a, a doughboy to a fucking steroid growth human infused monster. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy, like, I don't know how he enjoys his life. <laughs> I know he makes a ton of money. He's the most famous person in the world. But if you look at his schedule, I mean, he, he goes to bed at 10. He's up at 3.30. Working out. Work out. Eat. Work out. Work. Eat. Work out, work, eat. He's it's one like, of those grinders, that. dude. That's like that's what he gets his Johnny's I, off. With. I, I get it's it. Like, I get it. I mean, I I live a routine myself with with dieting, workout, and work, but not that fucking crazy. So yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I I really really appreciated this character. Uh, she is a night owl. That's that's about all we know. Casca Reeves. A brand new character. I've I've looked. I mean, there's Bo had a cousin. His name it was either like Corky or Koski. Uh, but this is a completely new character. The name's new for all I know. So she was excellent. This one I, I stretch sometimes because my mind is all over the motherfucking place. I will right? say that I agree with you because that's okay. the first thing I thought of too. Is this w- one? All but right, when so I saw is. this, I was like, "Fuck, that's like the Nebuchadnezzar food system." Yeah, and if you don't know Matrix. what that is, you're an asshole because you're not a real geek. But from Matrix One, that's the ship they're on. You know that that's uh, Morpheus's ship, and that's yeah. how they eat. It was basically like this slop. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely got feelings of that. And then this, I mean, come on, that's that's a straight up motherfucking alien face hugger. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> there, there are a lot of alien franchise references so far. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, Bryce. Oh, by the way, we got to mention Bryce Dallas Howard. Fantastic job. 
Way to oh, go. Oh, yeah. And the homage that she paid yes. to her father. We, uh, the... we appreciate those of you in our Discord sending all that type of stuff. I mean, I, I do right. miss some shit. I mean, I'm not, I don't get into like those types of Easter eggs, but she 100% when the uh, crest was crashing, like his crash landing, uh, was a straight homage to her dad's scene in Apollo 13. Or yep. was, yeah, 13, right? 13. Where, where they're coming back to Earth. So that, that was great. And just it was just a, a well-directed episode as well. Yep. Uh, and there we go. This is when shit really hit the fan. This is probably when Star Wars fangirls got a little moist and when us fanboys got a little chubbed up. Uh, you know, we, we saw it in the trailer, Nick. We saw that something shady was going to happen on his boat ride. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the setup. I'm surprised Din was that fucking dumb to fall for that from a Corrin. Uh, but you know, they knock the child in there. Din obviously goes right in after Then They're fucking stabbing him and shit. And I was like, okay, what are, what are we going to do? I mean, we knew someone had to come save him, but at this point, up until this point, I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah, like, is, we, is, we had no idea that the night owls were even involved. Right. Like, right. Is, is Sabine going to show up? Is, is, is Ahsoka going to show up? Is it going to be a Jedi? Is it going to be the Sasha character? Are we finally going to find out who it is. And in a way it was, but lo and fucking behold, we get the true ruler of Mandalore, Bo Katan Kreese, yeah. rolls up and basically mimics the save we saw from season one when Death Watch showed up, reached down and pulled Din out of his bunker. We're getting the same imagery here. She reaches in, give me your hand. She's wearing the blue, the Death Watch blue. Yes, she used to be Death Watch, even though she makes fun of them now. I bet a lot of you didn't know that, but we'll get in that in our breakdown. But when she showed up, I was like, oh my God, they did it. They're getting right fucking to it. They're getting right to bringing in major animated characters in live action format and, and sure as shit. There they are again. We got the other one. The other uh, night owl we met was Axe Woves. Fantastic yep. names for these two, by the way. Yeah. Casca Reeves and Axe Woves. They, those sound like Mandalorian names. <laughs> uh, but we get the reveal that it's none other than Katie, which, you know, we've been talking about on this show for months now. I mean, it might even be a year old at this point when that rumor dropped. Um, and it, it, it does make perfect sense that she is reprising this role. And by reprising, I mean, she voiced Bo in the Clone mm. Wars and Rebels. I will say that, that Bo doesn't age. <laughs> well, here's the deal. <laughs> like you can go look at, I mean, I know that we're going from animated to live action and are not going to make her look old for no reason, but Bo ex essentially exists in canon. During the Clone Wars time period to now, that's like a 30-year window. Well, I, dude, I, I looked into this, uh, so I do have some ages to throw at you. Uh, for okay. all intents and purposes, Bo-Katan has to be at least in her mid-40s at this point in time. Yeah, she had to be in her like late teens when we first Yeah, I, I mean, I, I read somewhere, they're, they're saying, let's just say Bo-Katan was close in age to, you know, a Kenobi at that point in time. They're probably in their early to mid-20s, because uh, let's face it. Kenobi aged horribly. I mean, George yeah. didn't understand it, but Kenobi in A New Hope might be in his late 50s or 60, and he looks yeah. half dead. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I like, guess that's what living out in the Dune Sea Exactly. Yeah, man, you. the Dune Sea's a fucking bitch after a while. <laughs> uh, but uh, back to Bo, we could argue she's 45 to 55 at this point in time in The Mandalorian. Katie yeah. herself, I believe, is in her early to mid 40s. Yeah, so she's still young. Youngish. I, I would say 40, exactly. 
Yeah, I, I would exactly. say it's not too far off to what Bo might have looked like in real life if we didn't just meet her as an animated character up to live action. I'm not going to be yeah. one of these people like, oh, Katie's too young. It's fucking, you're, you're killing the time. Like, you're killing the, the canon. What the fuck? I mean, Bo, let's just say she's 45 to 55 at this point in time. Katie takes care of herself. She's 40. I'm 40. I look like I'm, you know, 30 sometimes. That's all right. Good for her. If people take care of yourself, guess what? You're not going to look half dead. Don't yeah, fucking and smoke also, cigarettes like, and drink all the time. The, the way that, I mean, you could even say that she's younger, whatever, because the way that Mandalorian culture works and the way that this monarchical system of government works is like you are in line to become the next leader of your country or your planet when you're born, essentially. You know, like, well, she, yeah, she, it's not clans. like she had to work her way to get to the heiress of the Mandalorian throne. Like, she was the heiress of the Mandalorian throne once Satine became... Right, because the, the, the Ma- Kree's Mandalorian. clan... Like, let's just real quick break down. Think of Mandalorians like Vikings. Uh, they had a home planet, but on the planet they had, you know, the, the Ren clan, Sabine's family. You had the Kree's clan, yeah. this clan, the Vizsla clan. They had all these clans. And at one point in time, the Kree's clan became the rulers of Mandalore through Duchess mm-hmm. Satine. I don't want to really get in this now because we're going to be doing it. Yeah. Um, but that's when things kind of split, and that's when Bo became a dumb fuck and basically was drinking the same Kool-Aid Din was, even though she makes fun of him now. Uh, but uh, her sister wanted a pacifist take to the Mandalorian way, where Death Watch and Bo at that time, they wanted to stick to the, the, their martial roots, the warrior, the warrior culture. Yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that history. Don't worry, it's coming. So, yeah, I mean, she was in line to to rule if Satine ever died, which she did because of Darth Maul and all that fun stuff. But I don't know. I I, I don't. I think Katie looks fantastic as no, Bo Katan. Yeah. Everyone I, I, can I go have fuck no themselves. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck this was. I think that was when her just Ch- making fun of this is the way and all that. Child shit. of the Watch. Yeah, is, we we is, learn about the Child of Watch. Huge moment, right? Because we're all sitting there like, okay, well, is this just? Star Wars fucking up its past like they've done with the the movies where, you know, Obi-Wan basically looks like a huge liar based on what George told us in the prequels versus the original movies. You know, what what is this Creed shit? What is this is the way? How come in, in the Clone Wars and Rebels, fucking true Mandalorians took off their helmets all the time, but now these assholes refuse to? Yep. We were like, well, I guess it makes sense. They went through the Great Purge. They're being hunted down for their armor. They've broken off into these coverts. Y- you want to stay secret. But no, we learn that Death Watch, who rescued Din as a child, is a fucking cult. Yeah. They've always kind of been a cult. Because like I said, Death Watch existed. Bo fucking Katan herself was second in command. She was pre Vizsla's lieutenant in Death yep. Watch. And and that was back when they just wanted, hey, Mandalore should be ruled the warrior way, not a pacifist way. Well, in between then and when we meet Din, I guess is when they start forming this new creed. I think the, it's pro- it's probably because, like, Death Watch, the, they were they were like they they were essentially outcasts. Yeah. Well, Nick, they were responsible for Darth Maul's takeover of the planet. Yeah. And they I mean, were basically responsible for imperial rule over Mandalore yes. post 
episode i mean like post you they know were, they were shitheads i mean they 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 were outcasts i mean they, they, for christ's sakes they had to live on a moon they couldn't even like live on mandalore they, and, they were yeah. so wonky they were so extreme uh so death watch they were going out saving these these orphans and shit and then they were the ones programming them like like religions and whatnot from birth or from childhood this is the way this is how we do it keep your fucking helmet on say this is the way at least 50 times an episode yeah. uh, you gotta honor your your contracts you gotta do this you can't break deals uh, so we, we now know that Din is, he, he's a cult member. He's a bunker baby. Yeah. He That's is a, he's a fucking he's, Kool-Aid he's like drinker. He's like the kid who, who was, you know, who was like, uh, he was in one of those families in the, in like the 1970s during the cold war who went into a, a, a bomb shelter and he hasn't come out of the bomb shelter until 2020. And he, he comes out and he's like, Oh my God, what is, what is all this that's <laughs> happening here? I thought that the world was destroyed. Do you mean if like there's been people up here the whole time? Y'all aren't just like right. nuclear radiation. He is. I mean, people? he's he's been sheltered based <laughs> on the philosophy of the children of the watch. I mean, yeah. even our beloved armor is a nut job. Heavy is a nut job. They're all fucking nuts. I mean, heavy. <laughs> we should have known immediately. Like knowing this reveal has happened now, as soon as we knew that heavy was a Vizsla, we're like these people are probably a little quirky. Yeah, but we I mean, just I'm, have I'm, no frame of reference as to like what other Mandalorians right. were doing. No, it just it just goes to show you that Floney and Favreau aren't fucking dumb. I mean, they they've yeah. crafted a great little story here where they had us going down one path and then they just pulled the rug out from underneath yeah, like us. Fucking morons. It, and it all <laughs> makes sense. Like it all it, it all adds up. I mean, just I love the reaction of Axe when when he saw Din react to them taking their helmets off. And then didn't say, hey, where'd you get that armor? I mean, Axe immediately just said, oh, he's one of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> like dude, he, fucking... he was Axe was probably like, if you weren't like if you weren't in that armor right now, I'd beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like, I am. Um, I equate it to this. It'd be kind of like if you're normal and you run into a hardcore Trump person <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, you're you're one of them. You just you, you just automatically discount them because, you know, they're fucking crazy. Right. Yeah, it's. Dude, and that's what Axe did. He's like, oh, fuck it. We can't even, we can't rely on this nut job. He's, he's a yeah. child of the watch. And now it makes more sense as to why Din was so in the dark about shit. Like, why he didn't know about, like, we were sitting here fi- trying to think, like, why don't, why doesn't he yeah, know yeah. what Jedi is? Right. Like, he, why doesn't he's he know like, oh, Bo-Katan? He, like, he, Bo-Katan is the most famous Mandalorian in the gap. Like, why doesn't he know who she is? Like, right. why doesn't he know other Mandalorians? Now well, it all yeah. makes sense. He's been he's been fed the uh, the crazy Kool Aid of the armor in yeah. in past. So he's like the Jesus camp kid who's exactly. like, if somebody touches my pee pee, it's going to shrivel up and fall off. Right, and that's why he doesn't take his armor off. Damn, sh- you're exactly right. And <laughs> I guess at this point in time, we should let the cow the bag for those in our Discord. <laughs> Nick, do you have anything to say? I was complete. Look, I was completely. <laughs> trolling you guys from the moment i know that there's only a few people in the discord who are who are like in the listen to the show and you know stuff like that. i mean but nick it's so bad I, I don't even think tones joined the cast <laughs> like he's not I, even in here <laughs> i know i will say that there are some things that i said that i was like you know i was messing with you guys but i really do think that bo katan could just straight up beat the shit out of 
Yeah, yeah. so I, I'll but, just basically in our Discord out of nowhere, it's fantastic. Like you, you don't expect this out of calm <laughs> Nick. Like maybe my crazy ass, but it, it's like Nick was he was channeling his inner dark side. I, I think it was Saturday or something, to the point where I had the intern texting me personally. <laughs> I, I gotta find like what he said. It was so perfect. Like <laughs> the way he described it. Uh, he basically says like, yo, is Nick all right? Or, or is unemployment driven him to the 4chan side? <laughs> like where, you know, Nick's like on these forums reading just batshit crazy Alex Jones stuff. And is just this angry troller now because I, I mean, Nick's troll game is one of the best out there. I mean, Nick is a perfect angry Star Wars fan, but he's not. Like, he knows how to fucking tweak people's titties. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, Tones was like, dude, are you fucking okay? Go beat off. You know, go have some sex. Calm yourself down. What the fuck's wrong with you? No, yeah, I was fucking with everybody pretty hard. And I will say that in our in our fan responses for this week, there is a there is a prominent member of the Star Wars Time community who actually agrees with a lot of what I was saying. Uh, but it was, I, I, it was I'm funny, not though. I'm not out there actually thinking that this show is dumb. I don't like I love like this was by far the best episode. This has turned the Mandalorian into the best TV show on TV by far. And then also, while Din's stature as a Mandalorian has now, you know, gone down a little bit. He's still, he's still, you know, not bad. He's, he's still, a fucking he's badass. Still okay. I, I, I didn't even know what was going on. Even Nick's like, hey, you should see me. I'm working over three people in the Discord. I was like, wow, what's going on? And I looked in, it's like, holy shit, man. Nick is on fire. I mean, he, he just had a fucking blowtorch out there. Like, fucking lighting everyone's opinions on fire about this episode in Din Djarin. It was like, Jesus, man. Is he drinking? What's he doing? Uh, but no, he was just, he was just uh, getting people fired up. So no. while he is bad, not bad a, night. He's not a troll in, in the, real life, but he yeah. knows how to play one on TV. No, Bat, Bat uh, is in here in the live stream saying, oh, he's backtracking. If I could show you our 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 Skype or our Slack where I tell Matt I was like go look at what I'm doing to these people in our Discord. <laughs> Trust me. It was it was it was planned the whole time. Yeah, so like, he, I, he he blew it now. He's not going to be able to get everyone again, but <laughs> hey, I, that's the most active I've seen Nick on a non-show day since we started the site. So I was like, <laughs> "Do it, man. Get him going. Get the people talking." Uh, I, I was wondering if he was on my video for this episode because it actually broke a thousand views and got a bunch of comments. I was like, maybe Nick's out there trolling people in the comment section, getting more trolls to come in <laughs> to drive the algorithm to keep the video being shown to everyone. To uh, all right, moving on with our Easter eggs because we've we got a few more to go. Uh, we got a Gazanti class freighter. Uh, this is something that first showed up in TPM. Also, I believe, was in both of the animated series. This is the ship that they go after. Uh, Axe, obviously, making the, at this point, maybe tired joke about shitty Stormtrooper aim. Yep. Uh, you got you to mention it. It is you a reference. Uh, we got the good old Imperial, we're getting fucked by a small band of rebels alarm, right? I mean, everyone knows that sound. Titus yeah. Welliver, a.k.a. the man in black from Lost, you know, the, the black smoke guy. Uh, he showed up. I, I loved his little cameo. I, I thought it was a fun little character, and it played just to how Titus kind of plays every character he plays. Uh, we got the E-22 Blaster. We first saw these with the Shore Troopers in Rogue One, plus a lovely young lady with a cool hairstyle holding one. You always got to like that. Uh, here was the big mention, right? Mm -hmm. 
This is the big one. This is where we get the name drop of all name drops. I mean, uh, the whole Bo-Katan in live action format was a fantastic little treat for episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she got right to the next piece of the puzzle, which we've been saying is going to happen. I mean, the Rosario is Ahsoka thing is is confirmed mostly at this point with this name drop. But she says, hey, I'm going to send you to this uh, city on Corvus, which, yes, Corvus didn't exist, but is the same name as Iden Verzio's ship in Battlefront 2, uh, to go find someone named Ahsoka Tano. So that so was... I think... Have we heard them say in the show yet before this episode, Darksaber? Have we heard that term? No. So this was the first time we heard Darksaber. Yeah, when when she's yelling about it. him up against the wall. She's like, does he have the Darksaber? And that's what he says. If you're asking, you already know the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this isn't just a cameo episode for Bo-Katan. Yeah. Uh, She is... I, we're not going to see her probably for a few more episodes, maybe not even till the end or maybe next season. But clearly her mission is to keep fucking with the Empire. But ultimately to get her 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 goddamn Darksaber back. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if, if you have the Darksaber, you know what that means on Mandalore. You are the ruler of all yep. of Mandalore. You rule all the clans and they will bow down and kneel to you like Zod. All right? Exactly. So that's big shit. So obviously... Her mission is going to intersect with Din's again at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into the best moments. What, what do we got here from our friend Brian Harvey? Every time I drop by the Star Wars mm-hmm. Time show, I feel dumber and dumber. Your knowledge is impressive. That is the type of service we provide. That's what we aim for. Yes. We want to make you the dumbest fucking human <laughs> possible. But the caveat is you'll know a lot of useless information about a fake science fiction universe. Yeah, which is the most important information to have in life. Yeah, so well, I guess before we move on, let's address the stream here. Force Ghost is asking, is everybody sold on the Rosario Dawson casting? Jury's out, in my opinion. Think, yes, uh, mostly yeah. because of the uh, deleted posts from international Disney Plus accounts. Yeah, uh, like I think it's a done deal. Verified Disney accounts yeah. have, have come out and basically... Like Matt said, they, they've accidentally tweeted and, and Instagram basically Rosario Dawson in this show where, you know, Rosario Dawson plays live action Ahsoka Tano. So, I mean, while yeah, it, it isn't <laughs> hard confirmed yet, like Disney hasn't come right. out and said anything that's stuck. Which, by the way, they, they didn't come out and confirm any of the rumored characters. And so far, every yeah. rumored character has been in the fucking show. So, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, it's almost soup to nuts, 100% guaranteed. It's, yeah. it's, a, uh, it, it, it's going to happen. And apparently she might be somewhat moronic like Gina Carano too. So hopefully not as dumb, but I guess we'll, we'll get there once she is brought into the universe officially. Uh, all right. So let, let's kind of oh, wait. Every, he's asking, is everybody happy about the casting? I mean, to me, I, you're not going to get Ashley Eckstein to play ahsoka because she just doesn't match up with the physical personification yeah i mean they'd have to do do that crazy shit where they essentially cgi in her head yeah like Uh, she's she's a a short girl too i mean she's not very tall i mean i like rosario as an actress if that's what you're asking like do you like her as an actor i i do like the stuff that she's been in i think that she uh has an appreciation for the the property as well like she's a big star wars fan i know that 
So I, 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 mean, I mean, honestly, just based on some of the fan concept art, and even our buddy Super Scoundrel did one. I, I do think with minimal amounts of pr- prosthetics, she has a face that that could evoke a live action Ahsoka. Yeah, especially you know, to, to, you know, twenty, thirty years after we last seen her. Right. You know, you have to remember that Ahsoka is going to have aged a lot. Well, not really. We We've her. the last time we saw her was might have been right about now because we don't know how oh, how many years the, the rebels prologue was yeah yeah the epilogue uh, and and togruta's they, they age like a fine wine nick so <laughs> I, I think she's gonna look sexy yeah sexy sexy with some big orange boobies um all right back on track here yeah uh, brian harby brian harby hobba doobie doo we speak your name go do some work or i'm gonna report your ass to intel brass okay <laughs> get back to work um all right so uh best moments at least my nick if if i miss any that you thought will let you shoot them out there uh, i absolutely love the opening sequence with mando fucking crashing the ship i'm sorry yeah. i told you last week or maybe even in my video uh, easter egg breakdown video i'm a sucker for stupid gags I really am. I, I just I thought it was funny. He's coming down. The ship's falling apart. He thinks he's going to land. Then right when he's about to touch down, the engine blows and he rolls into the fucking ocean. And the Mon Cal's just sitting there like, idiot. Yeah. Um, as I said in my video, sucker for love. I, I really did appreciate the frog people and their, uh, their, their moment of reunification. Uh, touching stuff. Oh, by the way, the the person that played Frog Lady was also the lady that played Kuil last season. Okay, so like the actual body. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the arrival of Bo and the Night Owls, fucking titties. I mean that 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 is the best moment of the episode outside of learning that Din is a Kool Aid drinker, which is yep. essentially this moment right here. He's a goofball, and he doesn't like to play with normal Mandalorians. Um, I, I think that'll change. I think they'll be able to, to work him over with some heroic acts, this, that, and the other thing. But it was kind of fi- funny to see him like, oh, I'm going to take my baby Yoda and go home. Like that type of deal. Like, Dude, the, the, wow, the you're not, you're not Kool-Aid drinker yeah. Mandos. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. What a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he would have got fucked up too if it weren't for them. Dickhead. Dude, like he... Th- they saved his ass twice, like three times. Yeah, three times almost. <laughs> uh, like, I will say that he got him back on the ship raid, though. The whole, I know you were making fun of it in your <laughs> fake Star Wars troll, but the whole, I'm just going to eat blaster bolts yeah. uh, thing, I, I think that was a pretty heroic move. Yeah. Uh, as I said in the video, a- anytime I now see live action Mandos doing any sort of combat, uh, in particular when their jetpacks fire up, it's an instant best moment. Uh, it gets the more the merrier. I mean, we got two in episode one when Cobb and Din took off. This one we got four, three Mandos and a Kool Aid drinker. Fantastic shit. Obviously, the awesomeness of their combat prowess continued throughout their uh, uh, pirate raid of the uh, Gozanti class freighter. That's where Nick was saying. I mean, it, you had. Bo and the Night Owls are just kind of going through like blah 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 blah, and Din's kind of like, "Holy shit!" Um, yeah, like they made him look like an amateur, like he didn't know what he was doing. Did, did like you they, also they notice? Literally, just walked through that whole. They didn't even stop moving. They just fucking walked. Yeah. Did you notice too? Like they were even 
taking shots at dead troopers just to make sure that that's how much they hate the fucking empire like real mandalorians which makes sense i mean essentially the empire destroyed their culture and and murdered a bunch of their people i mean the great purge uh, is a great purge for one reason i'm assuming because a lot of fucking mandalorians were wasted rising up yeah but i don't know if anyone picked this up but i I think it's Casca. like they're making a a bend and she just no looks behind her is like shooting it clearly already down stormtroopers and din looks back like oh jesus like (laughs) these people are fucking angry yeah uh, which i as they should be yeah, I mean, just just obviously, Bo. I love the the female Mandalorian helmet aesthetic. I mean, I like how their their like eyes, the eyes are a little more yeah. stylized and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I mean, just 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 fucking blasting shit left and right. Um, I loved, and Nick and I were talking about this. I love when Bo trolled Din with "This is the way." Yeah, uh, the, the the one I'm talking about because she actually at the end kind of says it in a genuine manner, like, "Hey, yeah. man." We did it together. This is the way. Like us working together, this is the real way. But in this exchange, this is where Din's like, wah, wah, wah. I did what you wanted me to. I held up to my part of the deal. I'm not going to help you steal this ship to save a bunch of other Mandalorians. Wah. And she goes, oh, really? Deal's changed. This is the way. I just like, <laughs> and he, he had nothing to say to her. Yeah. What, you, what are you going to do? Yeah, like, when you need you information, Din, three? by the way, hey, Din, when you're the one that needs something from somebody, guess what? They're going to they're gonna fucking work you over until they feel like they've gotten more out of you than they're about to give you, okay? Just wake up, pal. <laughs> so I, I loved how she just fucking, she's like, listen, I'm a queen. I'm a queen, yeah. bitch. <laughs> ah, we it. finally got to see Giancarlo, all right? Yeah. I love this man, Okay. I love Moff, Moff Gideon even more now. I've always liked the bad guys in Star Wars. A lot of times the bad guys are more exciting. <laughs> they are. No, I yeah, mean, I mean, Star Wars good guys. I mean, in this franchise. Yeah, look, look at Din. He's a fucking Kool-Aid drinking cult member, for Christ's sakes. Right? He doesn't, he barely even talks. He doesn't take off his helmet. This yeah. guy, though, Moff Gideon has some fucking personality. And he must have a huge penis. <laughs> because, I'll tell you what, man. I've only seen Imperial officers react the way to him when they react to Vader or Palpatine. Exactly. I yeah. mean, this guy pretty much says, oh, you guys are fucked. I'm not going to come help you. You crazy? Long live the Empire. You know what to do. Yeah. Scuttle this motherfucker. Yeah. Basically, kill yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Fucking kill yourself. I mean, that's what he told Titus Weller. He's like, you know what to do. Long live the Empire. Titus didn't even question it. He just was pop, pop, shot his junior officer so he didn't have to deal with them questioning long living the Empire. And he just starts to fucking crash the ship. But luckily, our our, our, our buddies came in and saved the day. Uh, but, I mean, think about that, Nick. He is a bad man. Yeah, no, not even a moment of hesitation. No. Just, I mean, it, it's like it reminded me of like SS or, or Hitler stuff, you know, even even yeah. at the end when he, he chews on the uh, the Star Wars version of a, of a cyanide tooth. He's oh, like, listen, like- motherfucker, uh, it, you guys can do whatever you want. It, it's it's going to be way easier than what that guy will do to me if I don't fuck it, if I stay alive and I help you. So fuck you. I'm going to kill myself. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that is that is pimp. I mean, th- th- this guy is a tyrant. And I want to know why, like what, what has he done to earn that rep? We, we clearly know he was involved with the great purge. What else has this motherfucker done within the empire 
to have it to where they treat him like fucking Darth Vader or Emperor Palpatine at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a story to be told for Gideon that we're going to get, and it's going to be pretty awesome, so. Uh, there it is. This is uh, Din's fucking <laughs> put your head down and run. Nick yeah. Nick ha- had a great way to make fun of this scene, but <laughs> he's like, he couldn't even fucking throw the bombs eight feet. He had to, he had to run into incoming blaster fire, trip, and then... The, it was know, a straight-ass hallway. All you had to do was throw them. It's not like they're going to shoot the bombs out of the air. Right. I know. Like, so he takes them. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I, I still think it was because if you notice all the other, the, the night owls, they were, they were frozen. They were like, fuck yeah, it. Were, we can't do shit. Axe is like, I, I'm not sticking my head out. And this yeah, is they where, were pretty, you know, everybody was pinned down. I, I still have respect for Din because he's like, okay, fucking idiots. This is like, uh, y- you know, storming Normandy. We can't just fucking sit here. We're all going to die. So he was the one that's like, fuck it. <laughs> and just he's like, pop, 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 pop. I mean, just getting fucking whacked, whacked yeah. by blaster. I, I'd imagine getting shot by a blaster bolt in Beskar probably feels a bit worse than getting shot by real bullets in, a, in an armored vest yeah it probably still hurts yeah <laughs> you're feeling it. i mean it was enough to take him down to his knees i mean he's getting shot in the head the arms uh so i, I did like i if anything i like the imagery it's like hey he might yeah. be kind of a a meathead but this is what meatheads do so there you yeah. go uh, and then here as nick said this is a good point we get the shakedown of titus's character and this is where we get the the, the true crux to bo katan's mission it's not just to get weapons she is trying to build up a mandalorian squad an army if you will but ultimately she wants her fucking dark saber back and she knows or she has an idea that gideon has it and this guy pretty much confirms it for her. he's like if you're even asking me that question you know the fucking answer yeah, uh, and the reason for the dark saber's importance, we'll be getting that into our uh, Star Wars school coming up. I think right about now, unless Nick had anything to add to uh, any no. standout moments for you. No, I think you covered them all. I mean, all they're right. they're all pretty good. I will say that I thought the uh, the one moment that I thought was really awesome is like when Dan is panicking because the the creature still has uh, Baby Yoda at the bottom of the tank. And then Bo's like, don't worry, she's got this. And then Sasha, I mean, well, Casca dives in. And all you see is just like, boom, boom, boom. And then, whoop, yep, flies out, rip, yeah. rips the little little bassinet apart. Yeah, yeah I, that, that was a great little action. It was like I said, I thought, I thought Sasha was fantastic. She did great. I mean, she did really perfect, good. Just perfect little side character, perfect little Night Owl Mandalorian. I, I just love it. I mean, uh, a beautiful young lady. Like I said, she's got the physical... Uh, assets to play a mandalorian badass warrior and that's what they've not shied away from too is like they're clearly casting people who can do this kind of stuff like these physical style characters yeah i I would imagine sasha did a lot of her a lot of the the fight scenes Uh, yeah you know one thing i do do every time i watch a new episode now i wonder is this where my buddy would have been in is this where my buddy would have been in if he didn't decide to have his fucking son right when he was supposed to be flown out to film the mandalorian season two are you kidding me he definitely would have either he he probably would have been in the suit for for axe i would imagine yeah Yeah. i mean maybe doubling axe uh i I thought he probably would have been in one of the maybe the quarren ship fight playing a quarren 
Yeah. Or just a, a stormtrooper getting his ass kicked. But I, it's every episode now. I can't help myself but wonder, hey, which which uh, no-name thug or who could he possibly doubled in this episode? But I don't know. He decided to have a family and <laughs> fucked it all up and missed his chance to be in Star Wars. The whole reason he wanted to get in stunts in the first place. Fuck. Yeah. I think it bothers me more than him at this point. Probably so. Um, because he's got something to show for it. He's got a kid. You don't have anything. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I could have had. I could have known all this shit because he would have told me. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um, before we get into Star Wars school, just to uh, give those of you that might not know everything about Bo-Katan, although I doubt that's any of you in the live stream. I think you're all pretty well uh, learned, as they say, on Star Wars animated lore. But we're, we're going to go through because I actually... The intern asked me to kind of learn him on Bo and what he should watch. Uh, I got some comments on the Easter egg video for this episode. So I was like, you know what? I know no one's going to watch it because other sites have done Bo-Katan kind of uh, retrospectives and our SEO is never going to compete with IGNs or Screen Rants or whatever. But I was like, because I'm a nice fucking guy and I let Mm -hmm. our fans take advantage of my sickness where I feel like I always have to get my thoughts out on something Star Wars... I let them take advantage of me again, and then I created a video to learn everyone on Bo-Katan, in particular the episodes you need to watch in the Clone Wars and Rebels to truly understand her role in Mandalore's downfall and hopefully upcoming through the Mandalorian its resurgence into prominence. Uh, but we do have a question here from Force Ghost in the live stream. Very interested to see if Gideon is a Force user. This is something we've talked about multiple times. Yeah. Uh, if he's not already a Force user, uh, I believe my prediction was the whole reason he wants the child is to somehow uh, just think of a steroid example. Uh, steroid example. He wants to shoot himself up and try to infuse, uh, I guess, midichlorians into his midichlorian lacking blood. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I do. I, I think we, I think I've also talked like he, he might even be like a, a, a closet Vader worshiper or a Palpatine worshiper or just a Sith worshiper. Uh, you don't know. Maybe he's like one of these fucking acolytes that's been sending resources out to Exegol to help shithead rebuild himself in a zombie body. Um, so, while he may not be right now, I think he has a hard on for the force and he is trying to become one with it through uh, more alchemy type of means. Yeah. Right? All right, Nick. Uh, you and I both kind of tackled this subject because uh, I, I kind of asked you moving forward to get a jump on some SEO love for the site. Uh, because really, these these past three episodes... We've had brand new systems, planets, and characters mentioned. And if you're quick to the gun on the internet, you can go from being a shitty know-nothing site like Star Wars Time Show to a uh, middling site like we're shooting for. Uh, (laughs) You know, if if I wasn't doing the video, hell, at this point, I probably should not do the videos because the the site would benefit more if I just wrote introducing Cosca Reeves and Axe Woves because how many other idiots like me do you think on Friday were researching Cosca Reeves and Axe Woves? A lot. How many people do you think were researching the city of Caladan on the planet Corvus? A lot. These are all like little uh, 200 word articles we could be throwing up. So I was like, Nick, moving forward, I might give you some notes on some shit. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do a little dive on Bo, Death Watch, and the Saber. I was like, sweet. I'm going to go ahead and, and take it from a, these are the exact episodes you need to watch to learn more about Bo-Katan, Mandalore in general, and the Darksaber. So 
Nick's is more words and shit based. Mine looks words and shit because I have a lot of words to say about fucking Star Wars. I love talking about stuff that's not real. Uh, but I do have a video for those that do not like words and shit. Uh, but really, the, the the general gist of my video is to give casual fans that might be hardcore Mandalorian fans a, a little bit of history on Bo-Katan and the Darksaber via Star Wars, the Clone Wars episodes and Star Wars Rebels episodes. Uh, so the video, it's a little lengthy. I mean, I, I don't like to make long videos because I, I can't really make it more than three to five minutes on an Internet video. But th this one required a little bit of effort. Um Cliff's Notes version of it right here, StarWarsTime.net. I have the episode watch order in Star Wars Chronological Time that you need to watch. Um, so, Bo originated in the Clone Wars, but not mm. until Season 4. So, she wasn't really in from the get-go. Uh, but what I, what I have here, so I, I break it down between Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and kind of let you know what season, what episode to watch. Now, the video will go into a little bit more detail about why these episodes are important to watch. For example, I throw in the Mandalore plot, which is S2E12 of the Clone Wars. The reason this is important, because this is the first appearance of the Darksaber in this new canon. You'll also learn about Pre Vizsla and Death Watch, what Death Watch is up to, who they are. Again, they are a, a, a faction of Mandalorians, like real Mandalorians, that do not like Duchess Satine's pacifist approach to governing Mandalore. They want things to be old school, warrior class driven. All right, so they're, they're like extremists. They're the nut jobs. All right, we don't meet Bo-Katan until S4E14. This is her first appearance in Star Wars canon. Uh, in this episode, she actually meets Ahsoka for the first time. So th their relationship goes all the way back to when Bo was still second in command at Death Watch. And I think that's something we need to make clear here. Even though Bo, Casca, and Axe were making fun of Din for being a child of the Watch, Bo fucking Kintan herself was the second in command of this extremist Mandalorian organization. And you get to see her fuck with other Mandalorians in these episodes. Uh, this is where Dave really started to focus on Mandalore and, and what was going on in Mandalore. Uh, in particular with Bo-Katan and uh, Darth Maul's introduction to Mandalore. And that starts in S5E14 Eminence. All right, I actually believe this is Bo-Katan is the one that finds Maul and Savage's pod marooned and, and uh, kind of brings them to Pre Vizsla. Okay, so she, Bo, was instrumental in introducing Darth Maul to Pre Vizsla and Death Watch. Next up, and this is kind of a, you know how in Clone Wars we would eventually get little three or four episode arcs. Uh, we, we get a whole arc here in season five. So 14, 15, 16 is the arc of Maul working with Death Watch to help overthrow Duchess Satine of Mandalore. So think about that. Bo-Katan 
with the help of Darth Maul and Savage Opress, arrested her rightly ruling sister Satine and threw her in prison so Death Watch could take over the rule of Mandalore. All right? Hey, she's not such a great fucking character, is she? She's not <laughs> such a fucking hero after all, is she? Okay, so then in the, uh, I think, Shades of Reason, this is where they actually do have the takeover of Mandalore. They, they, they use Maul and some crime syndicates. Death Watch are shady. They essentially set it up to where they come in and look like heroes and saviors, even though they're the ones that let the crime syndicates start fucking with Mandalorians. So this allows them to overthrow Satine, Pre Vizsla, he's got the dark saber. He becomes ruler of Mandalore. Uh, Maul's kind of hanging out, but but what happens here? Bo and Vizsla try to turn on Darth Maul, so they used his ass to overthrow her sister, to take over Mandalore as members of Death Watch. Again, a a crazy cult. But then they try to turn on Maul. He's Maul. He knows his shit. He challenges Pre Vizsla to a duel. Previsla has to accept because again, these are the cult motherfuckers. And and when you're watching this, you're like, well, this this is a foregone conclusion. You're gonna have Previsla with his dark saber fight Darth Maul. Okay. <laughs> well, spoiler, Maul wins. Fucking kills him. Claims the dark saber. There you go. That's how Maul became the leader of Mandalore. Bo fucking Katan enabled Maul's takeover of Mandalore. Even though, like a year later, who is she coming to? To help get rid of Darth Maul, Ahsoka Tano. So, Bo's an interesting character, like I said. All right, then we get into the lawless S5E16. This is where Bo realizes she was fucking stupid. She's like, what did I do? I enabled Maul to take over my planet. Because, you know, pre Vizsla's dead at this point. Maul is the fucking boss of Mandalore. She's fucked. She goes and breaks out Satine using the old, the enemy of my enemy is my friend bullshit. Right there, Satine should have shot her in the face. And by the way, I believe Bo-Katan's real name is Katan Kreese because her sister is the one that called her Bo. All right? So there's a, there's a nice little uh, lore nugget for you. But what happens here, Nick? They're trying. They break out Satine. Satine's like, oh, my God, you guys fucked this place up. You let Maul take over. What are we going to do? I know. I need my boyfriend Obi-Wan Kenobi. So Bo brings Kenobi over. Her and Kenobi fight. They're fighting against Maul's forces and the Maul's now Mandalorian super commandos. All mech has been installed of Prime Minister thanks to Maul. Bunch of, you know, Mandalore's just going to piss because of Bo fucking Catan and Death Watch. Don't forget that, people. Just because you think she's a, a hero because of what she did for Din. It's her reason. It's her fault. Almost directly her fault that Mandalore is as fucked up as it is and what allowed the Empire to just kind of come in and, and take it over. So anyways, by the end of S5E16, Maul has murdered her sister, but Maul himself got his ass whooped by this guy called Darsidious. All right? 
So this is what we didn't see. This is the, I believe, the Son of Dathomir comic. They they cover the period uh, of Maul being locked up by Dooku and Sidious, and then Gar Saxon and them uh, freeing him and bringing him back to Mandalore, which we catch back up with again in Season 7 of Clone Wars, which is where we move on to with our Bo-Katan journey. All right, so uh, this should be more familiar with people because she showed up again in Season 7 in Episode 7. Remember, we see her with her Night Owls, uh, Ursa Ren, Sabine's mom, and another one. They're they're following and scouting Ahsoka Tano for a reason. In S7E8, together again, we learn why. Bo-Katan, for some reason, needs a Jedi's help or the Republic's help to help remove this guy, Maul, from the ruling seat of Mandalore. And it's like, well, hey, how did he get there in the first place, Bo? You fucking shithead. All right, and then really uh, S7E9, 10, and 11, three of the greatest Star Wars Clone Wars episodes of all time. This is the Siege of Mandalore arc. Um, this is where Bo and Ahsoka meet up with the Jedi. The Jedi are like, we're pussies. We'll let Ahsoka go because she's technically not a Jedi and we'll give her some of Anakin's division. And we all know what happens. Ahsoka and Bo essentially beat Maul's forces. Uh, he's arrested. They leave the planet. Bo doesn't have the Darksaber, but at this point in time, again, this is still during the Clone Wars, Bo has sort of atoned for her heirs with Death Watch and allowing Darth Maul to become the ruler of Mandalore. He is now gone. Bo is on Mandalore with a bunch of clans, about ready to take it up the butt from the Empire, right? Uh, next up, Rebels timeline. And this is mostly Darksaber-focused, uh, because a Darksaber clearly is important in Mandalorian. So S3E11, S3E15, and S3E16. Those are all Darksaber storylines. That's where we learned that Maul took it with him and hid it in his little uh, dark side, angry, sad boy bunker. Uh, it's also where we see Sabine train with it and learn how to wield it and, and almost become the ruler of Mandalore herself. Uh, we see Bo again in the first episode of season four, and this is when she is given the Darksaber by Sabine Wren to become the unified ruler of the Mandalorian clans on Mandalore. And that is the last we knew of the Darksaber being in her possession. So what we don't know at this point is how she lost it. I highly doubt it was a duel. Uh, Gideon had to have stolen it. Uh, but I, I'm assuming the Mandalorian is going to be the vehicle now to fill in those gaps for the character of Bo and obviously for the newer character of Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we assume is that we're going to get this story told in the Mandalorian. I mean, who knows? Considering that that's a big thing to try to cover during the Mandalorian timeline when you're still dealing with Din and his journey, unless that comes to a close. Um, we, I mean, who knows? We may get uh, that. Dude, honestly, and, I, I and, think, I think it'll be done like the Cobb Vanth thing. I really do. And I'd be fine with that. I mean, as long as they hit the, the marks, I mean, it could be, you know, Bo was taking a shit and, and someone betrayed her and stole it out of her, her purse and gave it to Gideon and he ran away going like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it could be something as, as little as that. I don't think they're going to spend a whole episode going on, or maybe they will. I mean, like I said, Gideon could be a Mandalorian himself for all we know. 
It's very true. Uh, um, so no need to watch Matt's video now because he literally just recapped it all for you. <laughs> so right. um, my article literally just takes it just tells you Bo's story in a shorter fashion. If you don't want to watch all the episodes to catch up, it just kind of takes you from, um, you know, who she is and the significance of her in Star Wars and, you know, recaps her time in death watch and everything else that yeah, happens up i mean until I, that I i i was long-winded on that i can't even tell in the chat people are like is nick dead he has he has zero interest in this and i was seeing it too and i do feel bad but uh, i put we the got work like in. an hour left because yeah. matt's got a hard stop so we got a clip on right. I, I put the work in check out the motherfucking video hey dagobah days is up in this piece what up we're getting some, we're getting some new regulars here joining the live stream appreciate you i told you'd be like going to star wars school i mean if you're not into the nerdy <laughs> shit why the fuck are you watching the Star Wars time show? Uh, but my sh my video on Bo-Katan is pretty in-depth. Check it out, please. Like it. Leave a comment. Uh, it, it failed. I mean, it was a waste of my life. I shouldn't have done it, and I will learn my lesson at one point in time. Uh, but I think I give you a pretty good backstory on Bo-Katan. Uh, she's not quite the perfect character that the Mandalorian makes her out to be. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, uh, I mean, at this point... If you're watching Mando and you care to know about all of the characters that are going to be joining it, you sh really should just watch Clone Wars and Rebels. And then that way you don't have to worry about trying to find information online about who these people are or right. reading all of these right. different she, stories. She's got a pretty, like pretty deep past in Star Wars outside of her live action debut. And, and she's, she's not perfect. She made some pretty big mistakes. You could argue she's directly responsible for the current state of Mandalore. Uh, yeah, she is. Definitely. I mean, she really did. She enabled Maul's takeover. Uh, she basically enabled her sister getting murdered. Uh, she made a lot of fucking mistakes. And and you kind of get that sense in Rebels when she comes back. Because at first she's like, I can't take the saber from Sabine. She's like, Sabine, you fucking, you, you rule Mandalore. Let, yeah. let Clan Wren have a fucking turn. Uh, but she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I do I also, need to like, Sabine was just not interested. She's just like, no, I'd rather be with my rebel buddies. Yeah, exactly. And, so, all right. Um, so that, that's stuff. our uh, mega, super, probably too deep breakdown of the Mandalorian S two E three. The Eris, real, real quick, we'll drop some predictions on S two E four, which is being called the Siege at this point. Uh, the synopsis is the Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission and. And anyone that, that's been kind of reading the tea leaves here, I think we all knew we weren't going to immediately get the Ahsoka Tana episode. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, her name was spoken in episode three. And it seems like Din is just following whatever people give him from episode to episode. But trust me, she ain't showing up, at, at least not until the very end. If that, uh, she will be in episode five. And it, we've kind of had that circled on the calendar once we realized who wrote and directed that episode and it is mr feloni's Filoni. episode um, yeah. so in this one this one i believe is going to give us the final bits of the trailer footage that we've been missing uh and that's going to be the breakout of i'm gonna say mithril because we know he's he's in that transport when cardboard and and dumbass are, are driving it yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that comes along, because we we kind of thought that we might get a reason to break Mithril out of whatever this prison was in episode three. Well, like, dude, you know, you know what it's going to be, because if we can pick on anything about the Mandalorian season two, it's every episode so far has been the exact same 
plot. Mando needs something for his quest. He runs into something, somebody that can help him, but he has to help them first before they help him. So, yeah. you know, for a fact, he's going to be going back here like, hey, I, I finally know what I got to do. I find this Jedi lady. Uh, I could use some backup or something. Right. And they're going to be like, oh, Mando. Right. You know, cardboard's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Mando. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'd love to help you. But you remember that guy I had you lock up? He's got something back. we need. How much yeah. you want to bet? How much you want to bet? We, we need him back. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that'll be what leads us into this prison break. Apparently. Yeah, yeah so my, my prediction. Because there's really no other reason for him to be there. Like, he already knows, like, all right, I got to go to Corvus. Does anybody want to help me go to Corvus? Exactly. <laughs> like, so so here's, here's our, at least I'll, I'll drop my take, see if Nick brings in one of his home runs, like last week where he mentioned Bo. Uh, he's going to go, he needs to go back to Navarro to either get something from these people or the people themselves. They're going to be like, oh, fuck yeah, we'll help you. But the but is going to be the prison breakout, the siege, which if it's a siege, I don't know, that doesn't sound good for them. Are they getting locked up in the prison and they're getting the shit kicked out of them or what? I think uh, this may be the episode where he loses the baby uh, because something's got to delay him. Before he gets to Ahsoka, like he's got to hit a Or roadblock. he goes to Ahsoka. He's like, yo, I was bringing you a baby Yoda, uh, but I lost him. I and now I help. really need your help. Yeah, it's like now, you know, there's there's this guy, Moff Gideon. I don't know who, if you know who he is. Hey, are you running but, with that? That'd be huge if you hit. I'll let you I'll let you take the glory. Are you running with by the end of four? Yeah. They will be separated. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is yeah, this is Nick's this got is the my balls. Guess. We do know it's going to happen, thanks to Giancarlo, yeah. right? He, he said they will be alone at one point in time. And now that Nick said that, here, I'll, I'll kind of expand upon it a bit. Let's say Gideon shows up in this episode and uses the Darksaber in a way that makes these three people realize that they can't take him on with just Mandalorian power, right? Yeah, like, they're... they're if we're going with the baby's going to get taken, which could very well be, and it would make sense. Uh, but if we're also going with Ahsoka's going to be in episode five, so they're still going to meet. Is he meeting her in five with the child still? Or is he meeting her in five basically going, I really fucked up big time. I think that these guys sense. have a fucking super powered force user baby in their possession now. <laughs> and he just kicked my fucking ass and stole them there's not a single trick in my bag that i can use to defeat him i need your sorcery shit yeah and i i lean on that i lean that way and i agree that i think gideon's going to show up with the saber and it it, i don't want to say this kind of proves it but like i remember when we were going through all the screens that we were getting before episodes started to come out and in one scene in one screen I think you said Star Wars explained or Star Wars theory said like you can see the glint of the dark saber and baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the one thing that we called out about this episode is that like in all of the screens that we've seen for episode four, you don't see the baby like you don't see him there. Yeah. And we know Pelly's not on Navarro and the frog people aren't on Navarro. And so yeah, far, those there, are the only people. Really he- nobody there that he can trust to take this child. 
Like, unless... Right, and the child's such you know. a delinquent now, he can't leave him in the Razor Crest, which, for Christ's sake, I mean, at this point, is still going to be missing parts of it, because when it jumped in the fucking hyperspace, it, it lost a panel that the Mon Cow put on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you can't leave the child in the ship, because he'll either blow it up or steal it or crash it, uh, the way he acts these days. So, yeah. Yeah, we have been saying that. So I think our, our predictions have been laid. I mean, it, it's very clear that they're, he's going back to Navarro. He's teaming up with these guys for some sort of a raid on an Imperial installation. That raid is going to result for some reason or another in Mithril being freed and with grief and, and fuckface in the uh, Imperial transport we've seen being chased by speeder bikes. Yep. Uh, this is probably also going to be the episode where we're going to see Din flying around Navarro with his jetpack and TIE fighters taking off and shit blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and as Nick said, and I think it's a bold prediction, but it's a strong prediction, uh, this is going to be the episode where the child is separated, uh, which is going to make Mando's mission to find Ahsoka even more dire to kind of get some support to help him with this uh, remnant Imperial moth badass. I think, too, if you've just watched this season play out so far, three episodes in, the, the baby's played basically a nothing role. And like that's fine. Just, I've, I've like, loved that. Yeah. Like, he's just been there as, like, filler, being cute, stuff like yeah, he's, that. He's we, comic relief. Yeah. But we know he is an integral part of this show, so I don't think that you can leave him out for much longer. Like, leave him out in terms of big story points for much right. longer. Well, how do maybe... This, Maybe episodes five where we finally get into the new delivery that Fa- Favreau was telling us where we may not just be following Din. You know, maybe yeah. episode five is Din and then we get a screen wipe and it's Gideon in, in baby time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, may- maybe, to- maybe they start kind of branching out like John promised we, we may start seeing in a very Game of Thrones like fashion. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I think I think that makes... That would make episode four like the the turning point episode for this season. Like now he he has this mission like he kind of had in three from season one. But this is like the turning point, which would make it a little bit different from season one, because four was kind of a season. I mean, episode four was Bryce's last time, I believe. And that was the one where he was on that. Well, uh, yeah, at that that point, yeah, that point he realized that. What he just did in episode three has made him a marked man. Yeah. So he was just trying to find ways to hide and and get rid of the kid so it would live. Yeah. Uh, and then and by now, eight, he is charged with the quest, and now it's you know it's not he can, he just can't ditch it on a, a water planet. Yeah. So now he may legitimately lose the child because you know he walked into this Imperial Remnant base and you know got more than he could uh, bargain with. So, yes, yeah, so we'll see. So, so things could be getting big... quite dire by the end of of episode four here, and yeah. uh, you know maybe they maybe they the whole uh, re edits or reshoots that the the KR team boys were poo flinging, maybe that was Disney just doing like a hatchet job, and they're gonna like <laughs> almost <laughs> like George's remakes of Greedo, the Greedo scene. They're just going to add in a random blaster bolt that hits Cara Dune, and she just like falls yeah. over, and they're like, oh. 
It's like, oh no. Well, guess what? We have Kara. <laughs> you know, we have Boca's hand now. So <laughs> uh, it's such a shame because I did like the character, but now I'm telling you, I, just even looking at the image on our post, I'm just like, that's not Kara Dune. That's a fucking idiot. <laughs> that is a fucking real life moron that just doesn't uh, know when to that's stop. Why, like, I just like this is why I said last time, man. Like, I just don't really fuck with social media anymore. <laughs> I just don't watch it. I don't look at it. The only time that I do is like I'll scroll Twitter every now and then because right. I follow people who um, who stream and I'm like, are they streaming? Like I, I follow Felicia Day because I like watching her streams and her content that she does with the guild and stuff. But I don't really fuck around with it that much. I no. didn't even like I sent Matt that the screenshot that that hashtag for Gina was trending. I didn't even look at what it was. I was like, I don't fucking I'm not getting into this. Yeah, I'm a I'm a doom scroller, unfortunately. But but me personally, outside of sharing my shitty toy photos on Instagram, that's it. Like I yeah, I no longer, uh, no one gives a fuck about my opinion. And my opinion's probably only going to get me in trouble. I don't even know why I do this show half the time. I mean, this show's probably going to sink me one day. Uh, one I don't day. think I, I haven't said anything that fucking dumb yet. But I don't know. I just it's like some people like to destroy themselves while thinking that they're making a point that makes them look smart yeah patriotic like, like they know st- i don't me. i don't know i i don't get it uh but I mean, she she's like taking act- a she's taking a blowtorch to her hollywood career i mean if, if you want to be honest oh those fucking hollywood liberals fuck them let them die it's like okay fine but you're still a lot of the dummies sitting here fueling hollywood watching all the shit and eating it up so yeah uh she could be a moron and not let the world know, I guess, is, is what we're trying to say. Exactly. It's just like, just you can have your own thoughts and beliefs and what you want to think and stuff like that. But realize if you throw it out there, there's, there's shit, shit can yeah, not and, go and, well and for don't, you. Don't feel bad if, if shit goes south. And it's yeah. not it's not the the libs or the libtards or the angry left. It's it's you. Yeah, you're like the you, reason. You, like I said last week, I'm not going to get into it again. But these people are the reason they get canceled, not liberals, Democrats, the media. These people are the reason they get canceled. Yeah, if mm-hmm. if they were, if the person is worth more than public opinion, then the people who hired them wouldn't do anything about it. So right. I mean, who? Whatever. I will say before we get off the Mandalorian stuff, because we're running short on time and we still got some toys to go through top five. Um, I a lot of bigger outlets are starting to pick up on my idea that I had before this season even started that the Mandalorian is going to take on like the Mandalorian title is going to take on a different meaning for the show. Whip it's that, not gonna whip be that like, big dick out, Nick. Let yeah. him know. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, we're Din is the Mandalorian. Like, the Mandalorian is going to take on a very wide scope, you know, now that you have Bo-Katan and the Night Owls yeah, in here. You now that know. potentially, you know, we could get Sabine Wren thrown in here w- with Ahsoka Tano. Like, you're, you're, you're looking at the Mandalorian now as a very wide open term and not just like, we're following a Mandalorian. You did hear it here first, and Nick said yeah, I mean, it. Like and, that and was literally fucking weeks ago. We we will speak his name, and we will line up favors to be given to him if he is right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. But let's uh, go. I Those mean, of you that like to be fluffers, Nick <laughs> will need your services. Uh, Mando's just turned in. Like Matt. Matt typically, I mean, not typically. He always watches the episode before I do. And this week, he's like Mando's best thing on TV now, hands down. And I hadn't seen it yet. 
And then after I watched it, 100%. I mean, like it, it was probably the best thing on TV before this episode, but this episode in particular yeah, it's, has cemented there, it. There's as, no question. And it's not just because I'm a Star Wars freak. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. I will say, I, I just started watching this on Apple TV or whatever the fuck it is. Ted Lasso is fucking phenomenal. I have not. It's Jason Sudeikis. He he plays a, an American football coach that gets hired to be a soccer coach over okay. in England. I I have seen trailers. So for that. It, it's it's kind of a, it's a comedy, but it, it's just re- really well written. Mm-hmm. Great jokes, great concept, and it actually has a little bit of heart to it. So it's not just like yeah. a fuck fest, you know, like a like just a silly you know comedy. It, it's a yeah. very good fucking show. Every every episode I watch, I, I laugh out loud. All right, and uh, yep. As yep. Nick right, said, let's... we gotta get going, and, and honestly, I'm about to piss my pants. So we gotta get through these toys so I can take a leak while Nick's doing fan question of the week. But uh, yesterday for Mando Monday, uh, we they kind of made up from last or no. This was a Fan Friday. I'm sorry. Uh, there was a special Hasbro Fan Friday last week where they, I think they announced new toys for Transformers, G.I. Joes, and Star Wars. And the Star Wars lines, at least Black Series, Collector, and TVC, got a little surprise. I mean, if you don't follow Yak Face, that is, which uh, mm-hmm. our entire following does and because uh, they're uh, Yak Face said this, and I get it. I, I've went to Yak Face for years before I was even doing my internet stuff. He is... Uh, one of the best out there for hunting down Star Wars toy leaks and shit like that. But anyways, we got the official reveal. We're going to get a Black Series version of Asai's Ventress, as well as, at least this point, two of the members of Bad Batch. Uh, I think the Bad Batch characters look fantastic. I love that uh, they're the type of clones that have uh, detailed painted faces in addition to their helmets. Um, you're getting just two, not all four yet, which is odd that they'll probably be coming the next Mando Monday or down the road. Uh, I will say I, I, these have all been pre-ordered and luckily I got them through entertainment earth on some commission credit. So I got these for fucking free. Finally, motherfuckers. Nice. I mean, we don't ask you for shit. At least <laughs> when I post something, it has an entertainment earth link. Use it and you, buy stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not going to get anything off, but it does give Matt a little extra. Money. Right. So I, I did order these. I mean, a lot of people that were kind of bitching about the Ventress. I, I don't, I don't see issues with her. Um, I probably would have preferred later Clone Wars Ventress where she's been cast aside by Dooku and is kind of a, uh, a merc. Yeah, uh, but this is Clone Wars correct Ventress. There's no doubt about it. With more of a live action type of face, like they've been doing. Uh, so those are sweet. You can pre-order those over at Entertainment Earth. Use our link if you already haven't already done it. But knowing you, nut jobs, everyone already bought these just like mm-hmm. I did. And then the other one, uh, we got the Vintage Collection Zutton. He's one of the uh, Cantina patrons, I believe. He's also up there for pre-order. So you know, Black Series figures look good, and, and TVC continues to. Uh, really push its boundaries for these small figures. Uh, I mean, you got to think about what the TVC crowd did with that HasLab project. I mean, I think they got it to almost 23,000 backers and and they added like 8,000 over the last few days. And because there's a lot of people in the Star Wars 375 community that bitch like, hey, don't forget about us Hasbro. You're always giving the good shit to Black Series line, this, that, and the other thing. And I don't know, maybe maybe the HasLab project will make Hasbro realize that I think a lot of collectors that are my, my age or even older are still drawn to the three and three-quarter inch because that's what we grew up with. And, and, you know, obviously they're a little cheaper. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Hasbro's, they're putting out great stuff. It's just, as long as they're not retailer exclusive, we're good. Okay. These guys were all fine. I mean, you, you could, they sell out on Hasbro's site in two seconds because Hasbro doesn't like making direct sales for some reason. They want to take a loss and, and sell through third-party retailers. Uh, but you can still get all these uh, around the internet. Yesterday was another Mando Monday, and Lucasfilm is not stopping with the fire hose delivery of new Mandalorian collectibles. Like I said, it's everything now. It's not just figures, but that's all we focus on here. And just real quickly, we finally, finally, finally got the final figures we needed from the Mandalorian Season 1 wave in the form of our homie Grieve Cardboard, Moff Gideon, and the lovely Ugnot Kuil. Yes. Okay. All these, again, they're not retailer exclusives. You should be able to snag them at all the uh, usual suspects like Entertainment Earth, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so yeah, they're out there. You can get them now. I also pre-ordered these through Entertainment Earth because they had them in stock. And that's usually what people do. If it's in stock, they'll buy it from you. You hear me, Hasbro? <laughs> you hear me, Hasbro Pulse? What's the fucking point of creating a VIP sign-up when we go and try to buy standard figures on your site and they're sold out within three minutes. Not okay. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me because I, I feel like if, and I've said this before, if I am the manufacturer and I can sell my own shit, I have to be making more money on that sale than if I have to sell it to a middleman and then that sale goes to the customer. But what the fuck do I know? Nothing, clearly. <laughs> uh, one other thing in the in the world of star wars collecting and toy photography that i just thought of because um i saw dagobah day show up here i don't know if he's still here but um this dude <laughs> is making 112 scale razor crests nick 112 wow. scale is for the six inch figures yeah yeah and i believe they're retailing for two thousand a pop <laughs> you know, I think he did like eight, eight or ten. I believe all wow. the orders have been snagged, but I, I can't wait to see what that fucking thing's gonna look like. That's insane. And that, that's gonna be as big as probably my little kid's Power Wheels uh, yeah, Land like Speeder. Car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be fucking ridiculous. Uh, we all know uh, Dagobah Days is quite talented at his dios and, and custom creations, so I, I will that's be checking insane, that out. Man. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to see pictures of that. I'm, I'm sure. I hope that that you know at least one of the eight that snagged that is somebody that's a follower of the Star Wars Time Show or somebody that we that we follow and and share because I definitely want to see how that. Yeah, and I, I also hope that no one goes to prison for this because I'm still not sure how this is all on the up and up. But hey, it is what it is. I'm all about people trying to make some scratch. So have at because it. Because he <laughs> didn't make the Razor Crest. He made the Blazer Crest. <laughs> And you know, yeah, the good old bootlegs like Bork, Bork Sky Skicker and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not the Razor Crest, it's C the Blazer Crest. And R2 and Poop the, too. The big difference is that the the P tube is is different in the Blazer Crest <laughs> there you than go. it is in the, the Blazer Crest. <laughs> what are they, I see, I used to when I did entertainment boot, I'd be on all sorts of press mailing lists. And I had this one company that only worked in bootleg figures and most of them <laughs> were star Wars and they'd send me samples or just images. And some of the names were just fantastic. Like I said, I think one of the series, he called it stark, stark wheels. <laughs> like it, it was, it was stark wheels. And then it had, you know, like, like 
sky hopper shit like that it, it is oh, funny okay. what you can the little things you can change to get around licensing yeah yeah uh okay last last but not least in the new toy scene i'll do this real quick uh but greggy boy's favorite line is getting a new figure and that's beast kingdom's egg attack uh they unveiled a uh, a mandalorian full beskar mando uh at that and, and I, i'm not gonna lie i i am still I do still appreciate the the chibi look and this seeing full Beskar din with the child in the egg attack format. It is a nice looking figure. I'm not going to lie. If you like that style, uh, I I do dig it. But as I've said over the past few weeks, I I really need to start limiting my lines. Uh, I I didn't get the samurai din. I'm not getting the egg attack din, Uh, but I have a, I have a good feeling that our boy Greggy bird will be snagging this one. So yeah, Make sure to check out Star Wars Black Series 2019 when this guy releases to look for some shots. Because he will be on it for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's all the toy news we got this week. Um, I'll let Matt go ahead and hit the head while oh, I... Dude, it's killing me. Like, I, I, I don't even know how I got through that. I mean, I'm about ready to have urine start leaking out of my tear ducts at this point. So, <laughs> so I'm going to hit the question of the week. I'll leave the two long story responses for Matt when he comes back. And all I'll right, hit up just all let of me, our... You want to start with... OAC? You want to start with OAC? Yeah, I'll start with OAC. All right, I'll be back. Go. Okay, question of the week this week is, like it will be every week, Greg, since you asked on Facebook, I wonder what it's going to be next week. We covered that since Mando's rolling on, the question of the week every week is going to be, what was your favorite part, or what was your favorite uh, thing about uh, each episode of the Mando? So this is S2E3 Mando. Give us the details of your favorites of this episode. So... OAC, he hit us with a, a bit of a long response, so I'm going to, I'll read that. I'll leave the other two longer ones for Matt to cover. He says, well, late entry, there are so many good parts of this week's episode that make it hard to choose my favorite. Of course, Bo-Katan and friends will have to take the glory on this one. See original Clone Wars characters fully brought to life makes me so happy. That first moment seeing Bo show up to rescue Din from his rookie mistake was a good, uh, was a goosebump moment. But in the end, my all-time favorite moment was when Bo was chatting with Dan about his upbringing as a child of the Watch, telling him shortly who they are and that is uh, that this is the way that this is the way is not the way. I knew that there, there was some uh, something weird about these Mandos from the start. Mandalorians are warriors that wouldn't care who saw their faces. Mandalorians aren't afraid. So why are the children like that? Bo said. They were trying to revive the old ways of the Mandalorian. Well, they may be badass, but still kind of acting cowardly to me. Bo and the real Mandos, that's where it's at. Oh, sorry for missing the show last week. Been catching up with work. No problem, All right, OAC. We'll, we'll accept it, OAC. Don't yeah, ever no let problem. it fucking happen again. See, even OAC's got a little bit of the real Mando stuff going on. He, uh, You know, like everybody's getting into this like <laughs> Bo, like Dan isn't a real Mando. And even if you think about it, I mean, again, this isn't really canon anymore, but if you go back to old canon, you know, to old Mandalorian ways back in the Mandalorian Wars, they took their helmets off. Fucking Candorous uh, of Ordo was always of without course. his hey, helmet. Like a, and I, 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 I'm not angry at John or Dave. I like how they played this hand. I do like they it. Did. They, 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 they did. They, they fooled all of us. And it's fantastic because it adds just more layers to Din himself mandalorian culture and ultimately star wars lore and that's what we live for so yeah uh yeah i I was all about it and and 
I would like to get a little more on how, why Death Watch became so extreme because even Death Watch, at least when Pre Vizsla and Bo were in it, they they were taking their helmets off too. So. Yeah, I feel like it had to be whoever. I mean, the the watch is is what Death Watch turned into. So whoever took over Death Watch post death of Pre Vizsla and like after everything had gone down with the purge, right? Whoever was leading that faction had to be like some sort of hardcore nut job. Yeah, it, it could very well be Paz or the armor herself. I would say it could be the armor because the armor was the one who was the most strict about of course. the creed. Yes, so. I mean she she's the one spouting it off, like, and basically let the two guys almost kill themselves, and then she's like, "Hey, have you ever taken your helmet off? No, you? No, okay, well then shut the fuck up. This is the way." And they're all like, "This is a way," you know? They're like yeah, fucking literally like brainwashed yeah. Jesus camp. Kids. Ah, <laughs> I mean that, that's a, that basically what they are. Yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on here, I'm gonna I'm taking action figure noobs, right? Okay. Yes, and then you got Darth Hideous after that, and I'll cover the rest. All right, so Nick, we'll see you in about ten minutes. Yeah. All right, so this one is from our buddy action figure noob, uh, one of our more well thought out commenters here, uh, definitely a student of Star Wars, and an action figure collector extraordinaire. Here we go. Overall, I loved all the humor. Nothing ever feels forced on that aspect in this show. But here's some highlights of mine. Colon. It was such a sweet moment when Frog Lady reunited with Frog Guy. I agree. The music during that scene was fantastic too. To me, it sounded like hearing a nice town song just when you get into a village in an RPG game. But I found it a bit dickish though. Frog Guy let Frog Lady run all the way up to him after a stressful Uber ride while carrying a big canister of their soon-to-be children. True. When the Quarren dude sits with Mando and he says, I hear you're looking for more of your kind. I'd love his voice and the way he said it. So Western-like. When Bo-Katan took off her helmet and knowing it was her, my jaw dropped and stayed like that for the duration of that scene. And that look she gave the child. That's the moment that felt like this show actually connected to the animated series. It's the subtle things, man. Put a tear in my eye. Loved Mando's little daddy talk to the child when he was leaving him with the frog people. I found it hilarious. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the whole freighter experience was badass. Loved how they cut in and out into thermal vision through the first hallway scene. When the captain communicated with Gideon, we got a little glimpse how menacing and authoritative Gideon actually is. Long live the Empire. When Bo-Katan said Ahsoka Tano's name like O-M-G. I don't remember the last time I had a nerdgasm, but it was a welcomed one. Our Tagruta Queen is coming! And just to hear a name in live-action Star Wars was glorious. The end. P.S. I noticed how articulated Katie's mouth was whenever she talked. I don't know if that's how she really talks, but it reminded me how they kind of talk in the animated shows. <laughs> She's got to say a lot of complicated names, so I'm sure she's. I like could taking see it because I mean I, I don't I don't remember her talking that way in Battlestar, but I mean if if Katie was trying yeah. to rechannel Bo's cartoon voice, I'm sure she was doing a little more. Blah, blah, yeah, mouth. Movement. If you ever see people in an ADR booth, oh yeah, they're and they're like do like they're very deliberate with their mouth movement. Right. All right, here's our buddy Bossa Jan who did dip in here. I don't know if he's still here. Uh, uh, Darth Hideous. Here we go. 
Uh, I'll start with this one here. It looks it's like sorry. Vegina Carano is going down in flames, and like all Trump tards, she's doubling down. I think we've, we can agree with that. All right, here he is. Episode three, you say? It's happening, people. It's actually happening. The beats and comedic timing in this show are a masterclass of writing and execution. Yes, we are all thrown by the little green asshole being a mad cunt and genocidally necking gecko ladies' eggs like a fat Russian gangster slurps caviar off a dead whore's asshole. The landing of the Razor Crest was probably one of the funniest things this show has given us. I agree. It kind of felt a little like the scene from Iron Man where Stark is starting out his repulsor jets and crashes after he confidently thinks he's got this. But he don't got this. The whole setup was fucking fantastic. The entrance of Bo and her gang of homicidal mandos was perfect. Katie Sackoff as Bo was perfect. The explanation of Din belonging to a cult of the watch was perfect. Oftentimes during this episode I thought, Am I watching live action or the Clone Wars? Seeing the four of them flying in attack formation gave me a chubby. The attack on the transport was as good as it fucking gets. Bo fucking with Mando by constantly saying this is the way was fucking genius. Her desperation to get the Darksaber from Gideon was real. And the way she casually dropped Ahsoka Tano made me say, You madman, you fucking did it. You fucking did it. Did it. This arc between Mando and Bo isn't over. Mark my words. Then the episode is rounded out with baby asshole becoming friends with his little lizard brother. And all that was missing from the end was Jack Sparrow to pop up on the crest. This was fucking excellent. My only question is, will we see Ahsoka in the very end of the next episode or will she be revealed in Dave's episode number five? Yeah, I think... uh... I think we're both leaning towards probably episode five. Yeah, for at, in, at best, yeah. like last moment, don't even say anything. Just see your cut. But yeah. probably five. Yeah. Yep. All right. We All did right. OAC. So on to uh, the Coral Pulse. The Coral Pulse. It's He says it was awesome. Great getting to see other Mandalorians support Din like episode three of season one. Always reminds you why the Mandalorians were a force to be reckoned with during the wars of the old Republic. I mean, they kind of like. The fun thing was, like you mentioned, like, even though, like, even after they found out, like, he's a fucking Jesus camp fucker, they still helped him. Like, when he's, when they get off the ship and he's on, like, you know, and he's on the docks and he's walking through and those Quarrens are about to fucking jump him. I like how he was, like, kind of like, oh, let's talk it out. And then fucking Casca... Bo and Axe land and they just fucking blast them all. Yeah, yeah. Bo's like, I fucking killed him. Yeah. <laughs> just starts fucking wasting him. I know. Here's the deal. Like, no I, I think they, they know Din. They know he's not a fucking asswipe when it comes to combat, skill, strategy, that type of shit. They just need to... Unbrainwash Exactly. They, they need to yeah. get him back to normal society. Like, listen, bro, the whole... The way, the helmet shit, chill out. Like, we need to not be hiding like rats in sewers... We need to unite under my rule with the Darksaber and bring Mandalore back together. Because I think they even mentioned this episode when they're like, oh, there's only four of them. And, and, they're, and she's like, well, just imagine what I could do with a whole battalion yeah. of Mandos. And, and we saw that. I mean, that's all she had in the Siege of Mandalore. And she essentially overthrows, with the help yeah. of some clones, all the super uh, yeah, Maldalorian like, super commandos. All that was was the night owls in the three thirty second. 
Because Ahsoka was Ahsoka was completely on Maul. Right, she was just with Maul. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, they've essentially been going around as three night owls fucking up the Empire's supply lines and stealing shit because they're badasses. And, and she's yeah. just trying to get back to, like, listen, if we had a bunch of fucking Mandalorians fuck these Jedi assholes, fuck the Sith, we could get shit back in control. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Oh, I clicked out of a screen. Good there. shit. All right. Cap Wolf Photos next. He says, loved it. Been binging Clone Wars and Rebels episodes since Friday night. I mean, you got to do That's it, man. That's the There's smart so thing much. to do. Cap, if, if, if you feel overwhelmed, uh, I don't recommend, recommend listening to my long-winded mm-hmm. explanation of my video about Bo-Katan and why you need to watch these animated shows. So uh, just watch the video. Watch if, the video. Yeah, if you don't yeah. want to watch all the episodes, I have all the episodes you need that will get you caught up on the Darksaber, Death Watch, Bo-Katan, all the way up through the end of Rebels into Mandalorian. So there you go. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, the Corellian Smuggler says, such an excellent episode. What struck me the most was seeing how well Katie Sackhoff translated Bo-Katan to live action. But also, we, we also finally get some explanation as to why there are Mandos yep. like Din who never remove their helmets. Din's a religious zealot. That's damn straight. Correct. And I, I don't have a lot of love for religious zealots even in my real life. So I, I still love Din. He hasn't done anything that's really put me off yet, but if he fucks over these Night Owl Mandalorians, we're going to have words. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big thing. How he adjusts to that. To his point on Katie, I actually think the fact that she had already acted this character, even though she was animated, probably made it one of her most easy roles to slide into of her career. Yeah, Uh, because she already had her head in the character, which I would think as an actor and actress, that's one of the hardest things to do is when you're given a new role, figuring out how to become that character. Uh, So outside of the physical stuff and how much she shot of the fight scenes, I I actually think she probably walked in day one, put on the costume and was bow. Yeah, she was in bow mode. Like she just knew what I mean, she, she had to do. Yeah, she had that past. She knew the character. She she's seen mm-hmm. the character go from shithead to redemption, uh, and then loss again. So I, I think she yeah. acted her perfectly. I, I mean, mean bow is very frantic right now. Like mm-hmm. you can tell, she's like Mandalore is in fucking chaos because of the Empire and whatever Gideon was doing with the Great Purge, and that cocksucker has the tool I need to fix it. Yep. All right. Next up, Paul Six. He says. My only complaint is it was only 30 minutes. Awesome episode throughout. Great to see Bo-Katan. But a few years after Luke and Co. defeats the Empire and the end of Vader, no no one has heard of the Jedi. Wouldn't this be around the same time frame Luke is starting his own Jedi dojo? Seems like Din should be looking for Luke. Din doesn't know who Luke is. Din doesn't know who anybody is. Exactly. And the reason that, in my mind, the reason that Bo is like, hey, go find Ahsoka is because Bo and Ahsoka have a really good relationship. Like she's worked with her in the past. Exactly. So and and Bo and, doesn't and, know Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Bo. To, to our knowledge, Bo and Luke Skywalker have never. I, I mean, let, let's let's kind of be real about this. At this time, Luke was essentially the last real Jedi. I mean, it's not like Jedi were all over the galaxy. I mean, for almost twenty years, they were extinct. They were literally being hunted. Like like almost like an constantly. entire generation wouldn't have grown up with a Jedi temple and Jedi all around police in the galaxy. So yeah. I don't think the Jedi were as prevalent. I mean, hell, e- even Han Solo and New Hope's like that fucking hokey religion shit it ain't real. 
I mean, yeah. so even by then he wasn't buying into uh, the the sorcery, the space wizard. So mm-hmm. while we as fans, we were introduced to Jedi through Luke and we saw what he did with his powers, blowing up two Death Stars, redeeming Darth Vader. Yeah, we as fans think he's a legend. But how much of that was getting out in the galaxy where you still had the Empire probably controlling communications even after the fall of the Emperor? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they they didn't want a hero out there. They didn't want the legend out there. I mean, we, we do yeah. know from Luke himself that he eventually was held at legendary status and people thought he could take down an entire battalion with his laser sword. But at this point in time, I, I, at least canon-wise, I think Luke's out on his fucking vision quest. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's, he's looking at all the force bunkers at the Empire that the, yeah, the, the he's Sith not had. Really, he doesn't really have the Academy restarted yet right, based so. off of what we learned in battlefront 2 campaign. remember ahsoka is not a jedi yeah okay. no she's she's a not force a jedi. user at, at most that's so, probably the uh, best thing six. baby yoda could be going right. to papa palpatine photography good friend of ours he says bo-katan would beat mando's ass <laughs> he seems second rate compared to the real mandalorians <laughs> and then he just has the laughing faces and he says he's one of them <laughs> yeah that's, you know, that's, that's a Papa tape. Yeah, I mean, Papa's, he's one of the more negative uh, Star Wars <laughs> lovers out there. So, I mean, he, even he was jumping on Nick's trolling train. I don't know if that was uh, just to get in on the game Nick was playing or what. I but. think Papa really believes that, though. I will say that I agree that Bo-Katan would beat Mando's ass, and he does seem... Well, he, he she's seems got... kind of like a, like, a, like a a bargain bin version of Bo. She's got more experience on yeah. him. And in all sorts of in war and in combat and in laser sword combat. So And she's like she can look around with her real eyes. It must make things a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) I still like I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for Din. I still like Din. He's still my favorite Mandalorian. He might be a nut job, but I think he can get over that type of shit. All right. So that's the end of the question of the week. We got like 17 minutes left here. We'll we'll figure this out. This is already a fan breakdown week too. So we're going to blow through the top five kind of quickly. Usually we dive into like what we like about the shot. I'm sorry for those of you who are in here. Uh, we, We got 22 minutes. We can get through this. Okay. So we got... First up this week in the Star Wars Time Top 5 Star Wars Artist of the Week is Woo! action figure Snaps. All right. He's the t-shirt guy. His, I saw someone said is. they like Nick's good t-shirt. Friend, Adrian. <laughs> Hit up action figure Snaps. Action sell figure you one. Snaps. Adrian, uh, good friend of the show. Um, and what we see here is a, a lot oh. of Mandos we're going to see this week. So a, a good Mando action shot. He's got his blaster drawn, Blasting down somebody, explosion in the background, cape whipping up behind him. Very good, very good shot here. Full Beskar. And I actually Mando. think I actually think uh, action figure snaps created this Beskar Mando because it looks like he kind of customized it and painted it. Yeah, the the uh, I don't know if this is store bought one, but yeah, I, I like it too. It was just it was really good action pose. He added in some little after effects there with the dust kicking up by his yeah. feet, but he's if it also. Was a, if it was a true Din shot, it would just be him getting shot a bunch of times and falling <laughs> on the ground with bombs in his hand. Hell yeah. Yeah, so no, I mean, it's a really good shot. I'm a big fan of action figure snaps. He's a good guy. He joins the live stream every once in a while. Yeah. But like I said, he sent Nick and I like a crate full of yeah, no, Star Wars just... shirts. And ever since then, all we do is wear Star Wars shirts now. I'm not wearing yeah. one of action figure snaps as I sit here and literally I'm twisting my nipples because they're feeling a little fat, but... 
Um, I just have my old Yoda shirt on here, but yeah. at Action Figure Snaps, good dude. And I believe he still just shoots with an iPhone, which makes his shots even impressive. more impressive. Impressive. Because uh, that, that's hard to get that level of, of uh, depth of field behind Din here to get that bokeh. Yeah. So good stuff. At Action Figure Snaps with a Z at the end. Yeah. On IG. Give him a follow. Next up is a good friend of the show. Oh my God. Th- this thing here, <laughs> Nick, from at work, more or less. This is so meta. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Like, this is. I told Jason offline, I, I was like, dude, I'm not kidding. I, this could be the most creative and the most well done <laughs> Star Wars toy photography of toy photography shot I've ever seen. Yeah. He literally has printed out a Hasbro Pulse box. That Din and the baby are turning into a the cardboard razor crest. Razor crest. <laughs> there's like a little little beer there. There's there's mm-hmm. other little cardboard tubes. Uh, if if you've been following Jason at work more or less for a long time, you see he has a and that's real. That little slave one box in the background. He printed that shit out. That's real. And really, the image it's just it's Din. Playing with the child like any dad would, making yeah. up a spaceship out of household items to entertain the kid. Yeah. It, it is perfect. It is so fucking well done that I could actually see Din and the baby doing this in between missions. Yeah, like he's just got some boxes in the back of the actual Razor Crest where he's like, all right, baby, let's go for a ride. I, I just, just when, when I look at shit like this, I just go, yeah, I mean, yeah. I. I do not have that creative brain like like at work more or less. And I guess that's why he is a creative by trade. I mean, the guy literally gets fucking paid to create stuff for brands. And this right here, if I was Jason, I would charge Hasbro for making this shot. I'd be like, listen, I made this fucking shot promoting your shit. It's better than anything your team could ever dream up. Pay me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, it's just, you know, Jason's a genius. Like it, that's what it comes. Yeah, down really, to. really is. Like I just, they, he thinks in a, on a different creative plane than than a lot of us in this hobby. And it, there, there's a few others out there like him. You know, Nose Rain, Plastic Action, Jason B. Michael. But it's like my God. I mean, this this one out of all I've seen in terms of just creative Star Wars toy photography, toy photography shots where it's it kind of takes them out of their universe and puts them in ours. At work, more or less, wins. I'm sorry. Th- this shot is pure creative genius. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, at work, more or less on Instagram, give him a follow. Well worth it. Like I said, the guy is a genius. Uh, next up is a real ass painting. This is from at Jailer Doodles. And what we see here is a really cool representation of Ray. This is Tross Ray. You can see from her garb, whipping the. Skywalker family blade still and she's standing out in an open field and there's a lot of fog and through the fog you see three TIE fighters coming to fly over her from behind. Um, I just thought that this was a really great representation of Rey. I know that people just don't like the character. They don't like the sequel trilogy, which is fine. But the art that was created here by Jailer is just really good. It's awesome. And and, and I like Jailer and I think think it's a girl yeah uh but she even's like hey yeah awesome you guys rock thanks for featuring me i I don't don't know if she heard about us through savvy um but we speak her name at at jailer dude is awesome stuff i'm on her page now you can check out some more of her art 
mm-hmm. I don't want to compare it to Savvy, but it is kind of that that Disney, really awesome looking, hand drawn yeah. style and animated style. Uh, with a lot of definitely a huge Star Wars fan because she's got non Star Wars characters with lightsabers. With, you got Shuri lightsabers. in there. You got Tarzan. Tar- yeah, and then uh, uh, Mulan. You got like, like this one, the ah- Ahsoka in a in a Tano sweatshirt and little baby in a Tano sweatshirt, like uh, yeah. modeling <laughs> actual actual stuff from Ashley Eckstein's yeah. store. I think yeah. her universe or whatever. Her universe. Yep, that's it. But yeah, it's um, like all these talented female artists out there i just i look at like i'm looking at jailer's portfolio here again it's like how are these people not hired by 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 the disney's or comic books to to do this because i mean look at the look at the precision look at the quality of these drawings with their fucking hands how do people do this with their hands dude it's it's crazy i mean i like you can scroll down jailer's feed and it's just like savvy or, or any of the other like traditional artists that we've talked about it's just beautiful all the way down it's amazing and we say this all the time i know it's probably a cliche at this point for the star wars time show when we break down real ass paint but i i just look at this stuff and it, it makes no sense it doesn't translate to me how someone can think of it in their head and then get it to come out of their fingers it, yeah. it just it's crazy yeah um, I also like to call out when the traditional artists or vector artists do commissions. Um, so Jailer does that. She does commissions um, and she has it kind of laid out on her page. She also has a Redbubble, which is a shop where you can go in and get like yeah. uh, any kind of merchandise for the art that she does. I can see that she does mouse pads. She's got spiral notebooks for sale. She does prints, uh, frame prints. Um, so go look on there. She's got a ton of stuff up um yeah, it's and just, yeah just I mean, great stuff i mean a, another real ass star wars artist i feel should have a, a much larger following um yeah as i said similar to to at savvy art i don't know if they're friends uh either way they're both very talented but today is jailer's day so we yeah. speak your name jailer fantastic stuff keep up the tagging our account and using a hashtag star wars time show Yes, at Jailer, J-A-Y-L-E-R, Doodles on Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, here we go. Fired up. We got a Mando Fired character in this with, next one, huh? Yeah, at Drew Originals here with the Flame Trooper literally just bathing the screen yeah, he's, in whatever environment he's in in fire. <laughs> he's doing what a good incinerator trooper would do, and that is fucking raise down an entire uh, most Isley-like town. I even think there's a character back there running away from the, from the flame. There's another one, I think, with their hand up, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like it. I, I, I'm imagining the flame effect is, is in post, but it, it's well done. Uh, I, I like Drew's how it kind of... in the chat, too, so if you got any questions for him, drop them, and he will respond. Yeah, Drew, if I say anything dumb or if, if you hear me ask, just go ahead and let it in there, and we'll announce it on the show. But I, I'm assuming the flame is not practical the sparks behind them may be practical like the the sparkler explosion uh either way the way the lighting was done to kind of reflect even if that is not a real flame to reflect the flame back on the trooper's armor is is very nice it's an eye-catching shot you know it's lined up right there in one of the run of the third crosshair so your eye is just naturally drawn to the trooper's helmet i I could see this is like this is who came into the Lars homestead and just roasted. Yeah, fucking, exactly. <laughs> you know, 
Exactly. They just roasted them. Yeah, and that's pretty much how they did it. They just held down that trigger until you saw those two fucking marshmallow people crawl out the door and then burnt to a crisp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but good work there from at Drew Originals. I'll, I'll throw up his page real quick. I'm not sure if this is... I think he's been on the top five before. Yes, Drew's uh, But I believe Drew's another one that's been bit by the IG fuck you algorithm shit that a lot of us have suffered from. Because yeah. uh, another very talented toy photographer that almost does Star Wars exclusively, uh, but just is not getting that following they deserve. So if you're not yeah. following at Drew Originals, hit him up. Good, good account to follow, especially if you are a Star Wars art fan. Dude, that most recent Mando shot he's got up there is nasty. Yeah, it's, it's good really stuff. Good, good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, he said it was. He said that the foreground flames are post and then the sparkles are practical sparks it's almost like i i do this hobby every once in a while i may not be good at it <laughs> yeah. but i i'm getting better at breaking down shots and how people pull them you off you can pick it out you, you kind of <laughs> know what happens there right um all right next up we got yes. our good friend south p24 I and love south he's p. got a brutal ewok shot here of tebow <laughs> just fucking beheading yeah a stormtrooper on uh <laughs> Oh, just like oh my god! I, and man. this is how this is like one of those story <laughs> shots I talk about. Yeah, it's the way he has the trooper pose. It's almost like the trooper was getting up off the ground, like uh, uh you know, like a yeah. wounded warrior. And Tebow just rolls through one arms, like nope, what? <laughs> he just fucking chops his head off, like nope, you're not getting up today, pal. Yeah, like Tebow's just going right. It, this might even be like after. <laughs> The battle had already I mean. kind of been decided. It, yeah, you know how like you know? We, we've seen other battles where you know the battles ended and 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 all the 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 wounded are laying on the battlefield like oh oh my liver like this guy popped up like oh it's over cool and Tebow just walks through doesn't even fucking think about it no look one hand whack yeah and just pops his head <laughs> off uh, South P so is. He excels at violent Star Wars toy photography. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I'd say at least once a week, if not a few times a month, is posting some sort of Star Wars character getting dismembered. <laughs> uh, I, I shit you not, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on his account now. I, yeah, right here. Here's, here's one that Man. I know is in the two-feature queue. It's Din with the Darksaber yeah. chopping off a Stormtrooper's head, and it goes flying. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, South P... He excels at, at posting oh God, violent dude. Star Wars art. If you look at, like, there's a shot right after the Tebow shot where it's Tebow and another in, in yeah, Wicked, it looks like, eating the entrails <laughs> of one of the stormtroopers. That's what I mean. My God. And he does it all practical. So, like, it, it looks like he's just using some rope. He's got it dipped in fake blood. And, yeah, uh-huh. Tebow, he's got the blood, like, running down his mouth. Like, <laughs> yub nub, yub nub. Oh my gosh, oh, man. It's awesome. This is brutal. Brutal stuff. At South P24 on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, brutal. Great account because he also makes some bitching customs. I'm I'm showing his <laughs> his custom cob right now. Just just great stuff. I yeah. mean he makes good customs and then takes great pictures of them. So uh huge fan personally of at South P24 Paul out there on uh Instagram. On the IG. All right, and this brings us into our Two fan shop breakdowns this week. Our first one is from at Switpicks on IG, uh, a longtime follower of the show and supporter. So it's nice to see him asking for some feedback. So Matt, this is kind of your star segment. And I yeah, just I know. Jump in every now and then. 
We so uh, you uh, don't have much time left, so I'll, I'm going to rush through this, unfortunately. So sorry, Spencer and, and Link. But, uh, you know, we started this about a month or two ago where fans are now submitting shots to be critiqued by me like I critique my own shots. Remember, we have, we have a, a rotating segment here. We always do the top five. But one week I get a plus one or the top mm-hmm. one, I get Nick picks a shot of mine that I have to shit on. And now we have fans that submit shots that and I'm not necessarily going to shit on them if I don't have to. Uh, but they just they want some feedback. They want it broken down. So we're starting with Swit Picks here, who, if you've been in the, committee, uh, in the toy community, he's one of the, the bigger names out there. He's a part of the C3 P Bros JSI with Black Series and Work More or Less. Uh, he is a partner with Hasbro. He actually gets paid to shoot their toys. Uh, so big account. Uh, but he wants my dumbass to break apart <laughs> a shot. And we've got, again... A shot that there's not much to break down, but I'll try my best. Um, Spencer, like myself, is is very much a practical shooter. Uh, he's a guy that will bring his camera with him anywhere he goes, a few figures in a pack, and if he sees the right sunlight, he'll throw it down and shoot. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. He's on a do-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mando is on a do-back. Uh, it's a nice sun-kissed environment. And the do back's got to pull up like he's walking. And it's just kind of a chill shot of Mando. I mean, it's not like an action shot or anything. Um, I don't know. It's like you motherfuckers, you all submit <laughs> shots that really aren't that fucking shitty looking. I, I was hoping the because the, don't get me wrong, my friends. We appreciate every one of you that tag at Star Wars Time Show and, and use our hashtag on Instagram. But Nick, I, I can tell you every day there are some shots I get and I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy, uh, I'll like it. But that's about that. That's about as far as it's ever going to go. But for this segment, instead of getting shots like that to help people, we're, we're essentially getting fine art submitted to us. I so think that, like a little bit later down there yeah, are we get some there, there's a few to beat up. All right, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, And we've given some good feedback to people like Liam before, like looking at this shot, the only thing that I can that I can really think of is like, like maybe it's a little too bright on the left-hand side and it kind of draws. Yeah, it, like gets, it gets a little so blown bright. out. It gets yeah. a little blown out on the left. I, I, my other just minor critique, I, I know why Spencer kind of posed the do-backs Paul up a little bit Yeah, to, to make it look like it's actually walking, but I actually think that that kind of takes my focus off of the main subject, which should be Din. Yeah. And I typically, I go, because it, it kind of plays into your critique of the the real bright light on the left of the image. I just find my eye, when I look at this image, it goes down towards the Dubak's head in that posed Paul versus Mando. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, like, maybe if the camera was, like, positioned a little bit more, like, where you're looking to the right... Right. And then that way in like an upward angle. So you're not like drawn down to the foot of it because it seems like it's a pretty straight on shot. Like you're just looking straight at it. So maybe if it had like a little bit of a lower angle. So you're getting camera, more. Yeah. Yeah. That, that always helps. And that's hard to yeah. do when you're shooting in the field because you can't really get your camera yeah. below the subject. Uh, so I, I'd assume Spencer's got this sitting right on the ground shooting it. And you are right. I mean, toys typically look a little more realistic if you do have that. Uh, up angle towards them it makes them look a little taller and imposing 
Uh, but I, I always like Spencer's work because I mean, he's kind of like me. He he keeps it simple, not doing crazy action poses. Uh, I don't know if he used any atmosphere aerosol here or not. I guess you could argue a nice little spritz on the ground to kind of kick up some of the dust. That might have made the effect of the dewback walking look a little bit better. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty good shot from at Switpix. So I, I yeah. think that's about where I'm going to stop this breakdown. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, we keep, have Keep it up, Spencer. We, we do appreciate you. You're one of the bigger names that loyally tags yes, and follows and the account. So we speak your name. Very much appreciate that. All right. Up next, we have at Link the Jedi. He's been featured in the top five before. This is uh, a predominantly a one-six scale figure shooter. Uh, a lot of he gets a lot of the figures early. I think he gets them right from uh, Hong Kong. I mean, he's not like me and waits waits for sideshow. But we're looking at a shot. It's sort of an alternate take on the scene in TLJ where old man Luke is in the Falcon reminiscing about life and, and R2 kind of makes him feel like a piece of shit for treating Ray like garbage. Um, in terms of the shot, the lighting's a little dark, in my opinion, on the left side. Uh, it doesn't really match the lighting that's coming down on R2. You would think if R2 and Luke are under the same light source, they'd kind of be lit the same way. Uh, but it's... You know, it's still a pretty good shot. I mean, you could argue adding in either post effects or maybe even spraying some fog in this scene would have made it feel a little more alive. I do like the concept of having R2 present Luke with his green lightsaber. I do like the mm -hmm. idea of the shot. Uh, and obviously, I think, I think the, he's got a practical green boy. A, a, a practical uh, Falcon's bench seat. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if that's not practical, then I'd say that's a, a pretty damn good job of compositing Luke into this and yeah, making it look real. like he's a part of the scene. So that that is a bonus. For me, it's, it's something with the lighting that is is not making this shot pop as much as I feel like it should. It's kind of was going to be my only critique as well. It's like the, the lighting over on the left, like you mentioned. You also have light coming out of the grates which to me would kind of brighten that side of the shot a little bit more. Yeah, I know that and that would have been good to have back. a little bit of fog or smoke or steam to, to come through to just, just add a little more atmosphere to the shot. Yeah, like it, I don't want to say it seems sterile because it's not like usually with sterility, you're like, oh, it's all white and bright. But like it just, yeah, I think like a little bit of fog or something like that, or even like, you know, like if you had the hollow table behind him lit a little bit, like almost like one, you can see like one of the chess figures there. I think, and I know he was trying to scene recreate from TLJ, like you said, but just like that little bit would make it feel a little bit more lively. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a very good shot. I mean, there, there's really not a ton to critique here. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that covers it for me as well. So yeah. Um, if if Matt is done with his feedback, then that will bring us to yeah, the end of our... Yeah, I think that's it. Sorry, we kind of had to rush through. I got real life <laughs> yeah. stuff. I got to go observe a colleague of mine teaching a course that I was bitching about earlier. So uh, it's time to put this episode to bed, my friends. I, I want to apologize. I feel like my Bo-Katan segment was terrible. Uh, that was my bad. I did not approach that the right way. I think the video is good and the content is is worthy of your time. So please check it out. But I'm going to apologize for that 
damn near 15, 20 minutes of just me talking and Nick looking like he wanted to blow his brains out. I will get better. That was not a, a good way to present that segment. Way too windy, way too wordy. I will punish myself for that, all right? I got the fucking cattails, don't worry. But it is time to say goodbye. 137, it's been real. It's time to do that SWTS dance. Shake it and shimmy and shake those boobies. Yay! All right, so StarWarsTime.net. That's all you need to know about the Star Wars Time Show, at least for now. If you're new, just hit that domain. It's got all the content you need. It's got the topics we usually talk about during the live stream and the podcast, but it's got all of the relevant links you need to find to become Star Wars Time Show loyalists, disciples, fandom, assholes whatever you want to call yourself we will speak your name if you come over to the SWTS team and while you're here like I said you're on StarWarsTime.net subscribe to the podcast pad our numbers whatever podcast platform you are on please rate and review it that is the only thing that allows our podcast to be shown to more people when people search for Star Wars podcasts on the internet, on Spotify, on iTunes, Pandora, you name it. It's all about having a following. If the uh, AI overlords do not think we have a following, they will not let any new people see us. We need to keep growing. I love seeing new people show up in the live stream. That's also a link you can find on StarWarsTime.net. Just scroll down a little bit. You'll see it right there. It's Star Wars Time on YouTube. Look at that. Subscribe. Click that button. Sign up. Turn on notifications. And when you do see a new Star Wars Time show video, please, please, please comment and like. We would appreciate that. That's how we grow this stuff. Okay? We're getting there. We'll have a thousand people on the YouTube. We got a good following on IG, but we need to build up the other accounts. Oh boy, we actually have a publicist for a guest we're trying to get onto the show in the live stream right now. I will. We will definitely get with you, the real Hussein. Thank you. This could be big for the show. Stay tuned. How is that for a teaser, my friends? You got to like that. That's why you got to be checking out the live stream. You never know what's going to happen. So please... StarWarsTime.net. Get over there. Sub to the podcast. We're on all the platforms. Subscribe to YouTube so you can join in with these lovely and sometimes explicit live stream episodes. Because there is always time for Star Wars time, right? We know that. Now everyone will know that. We're not a cult. We're not like Din. We're not children of the watch. But... We know there is always time for Star Wars time over here at the Star Wars Time Show. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.